And cue music. I don't know how many of you have heard, but there's a flesh-eating virus going around. Yeah, it's called music. All right, ho, ho, ho. What's going on, Andy? Just hanging out, man. Just hanging out. Ready. What do we got going on this week? See, I'm putting it all on you. You got okay. to introduce the guest. And well, gotta... we are doing a special year-end and a decade-end episode uh, talking about our favorite songs of the year, our favorite albums of the year, and our favorite albums of the decade. And we've got a special guest yeah, you uh, do. that we brought along. Uh, his name is Denny Smith. Woo! So, how are you doing, you guys man? Have like a like a plug-in thing with the applause. That yeah, no, that'll come. You yeah, we stole uh, all the shit. Uh, they'll do a uh, post-production yeah, like sure. the auto tune. We stole all that Appreciate from that. the <laughs> classic <laughs> Cheers episodes. We stole all the. Audio of the crowd clapping. I prefer applause and not laughter at that. If that's an option, mm. thanks. Both, I think. Great. I don't know. Well, anyhow, yeah. Um, so Denny Smith is the uh, singer-songwriter frontman extraordinaire for the Great Affairs, and he has a new solo record out. I do. Which uh, I think he has managed to put that on every list that we've uh, put together today. I struggled with the decade one. Because you had like three in the it last decade. I, you had I don't to put feel them like it's, it's in full bloom yet, so it wasn't really ready for the decade one. But um, yeah, it's it's. I've got it on the other two lists for sure. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> it made this whole process made this whole process a lot. I was before you introduced me. Just going going to claim that I was not the Denny Smith that put this album out. Just another Denny Smith. It was a special guest oh. episode. So like, oh, you're actually the motivational speaker. Other, I'm, I'm the motivational speaker. What, what's his thing? Uh, I don't know. I think he wore some basketball. He's coach or something. Yeah. Well, maybe you, you could get him on here and he can talk about my album. I'm sure it's in his top ten. Well, in the meantime, we're happy to have you. <laughs> hey, so. hey, there was one thing that I wanted to bring up, because sometimes we talk about rock and roll news before we get into the topic. Yes, sir. And there was something that I saw that actually made me laugh. I don't know if you guys like heard the news or saw it, but it was like uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers brought back John Frusciante. Again. Yeah, <laughs> but somebody, like, I don't know who uh, wrote this article or where uh, it was published, but they said, the research again. <laughs> they said that uh, John Frusciante back with the uh, Foo Fighters is basically going to be, like, a boon for the recording industry. And I was thinking, like, what? He joined the Foo He's Fighters? back with the Foo Fighters. Or, or, or who did I say? Did I say? <laughs> it's Red Hot Chili Peppers. Man, I just helped you out. Uh, Brandy I didn't even know he was in the Foo Fighters before. <laughs> now he's back again. All, All right, right, Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was going to be like a boon for the recording industry. And I'm like, what? Are sales of CDs going to go up like 200% or so something? We're about two minutes and 30 seconds into this, and we got to cut Andy off from the eggnog. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. <laughs> I'm just so, so excited that Denny's here. Like, I can't believe it, man. You're going to be more excited when I start doing my motivational speaking. <laughs> And I talk about the other Denny Smith's new album that came out. I'm going to pump you guys up. All right. I'm looking forward to that. So how much of a year in review should we do? Should we go back and talk about all the bad and not so bad things that happened this year in music? or How much time do we have? I mean, we have all the time in the world, really. I like how you went straight for the bad. I did. I was like, <laughs> let's talk about all the shitty records that came out. No, just I mean, we're going to talk about the good deaths. stuff later on, so... Oh god, that's even that's gonna that's take just, up. Just ruin the just yeah. ruin the whole Let's fucking drag everybody down right out the gate. All right. 
give him something to rebound from later. You I know what? Derailed it right away. Yeah, we're yeah. not going to talk about the deaths. You're right. I had a list, but it's a bit morbid. I, you know, you did. I, it was going to be like a shout out, like, hey, let's just shout out to all the people that died. They can pay right. our respects, you know. Yeah. But I mean, I guess we've already done that, kind of. I'd hate to pour one out for my dead homies on your nice floor here. But <laughs> that's how you want to start this thing off. We can do it. I mean, you got your list. You already made the list. Go ahead and do it. Oh yeah, I know. I got it on my phone. I already closed my phone and tossed it oh, over geez. there and didn't want to do it. Amateurs. All right, yeah. fine. Yeah, Dr. John, Ginger Baker, Dick Dale, James Ingram. I actually don't know who that is. He did the song with Michael McDonald, like the, um, wasn't it Yamo B there? Oh, yeah, that was terrible. Oh, yeah. Scott Walker, Nipsey Hussle. God knows I've got all his hey, records Hey, see, I'm so bringing some of the knowledge to redeem myself. <laughs> what else we got here? Rick Ocasek? Yeah, that's a bummer. That was, uh, that was a big one. Rocky Erickson? Yep. Juice World, don't know who the fuck he is. Doris Day actually died this year. Oh, I forgot shit. about that. That was like Again? way earlier. This year? Carol this Channing. Decade? No, that was this year. Hmm. This was a rock and roll list, man. Jeez. I'm trying to just tip my I'm hat. I'm not trying to be an uh, elitist or anything, but. <laughs> no, that ain't true because we. Uh, what have we done? Like Miranda Lambert. We've talked We've talked some. She's pretty uh, rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Midland. Yeah. Uh, Vince well, Gill. Kind of, I mean, oh yeah, you guys have branched out a little bit. You're right. Yeah. I stand corrected. Okay. Come on, man. Iggy Pop. <laughs> Iggy oh, Pop. Yeah, that a, well, that I mean, that wasn't a rock and roll record, but I really love. Well, the, speaking of rock and roll, recitation of the his lyrics. Oh the record yeah. I thought was especially. Poignant. What song was that? It wasn't the James Bond one, but it was the one after. It was Dirty Sanchez. Dirty Sanchez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, the last two I was going to mention were definitely rock and roll. Marie Fredrickson and Eddie Money. So, Yeah. That's... So there you go. We've got the deaths out of the way. We don't have to talk about any more of this sad shit. I don't want to talk about anything now. I just want to just sit here and wallow in it. If that's okay with <laughs> Do you. I need to pause? Do I need no, to hit the pause? <laughs> we don't have a moment. You guys want to light a candle or something? Um, Put one up for the money, man. So that's really all I had for the year in review. I just wanted mm-hmm. to bring up... Like I said, all the bad shit, nothing yeah. good. I mean, I think all the good stuff's probably on our list anyhow, so... Not all of it, because you only let us have five of each, so... Well, I meant all the good stuff we were going It was a struggle. It was a struggle to do. I mean, I made a top ten. I have a top ten written here, and then I had to make a top five. I'm going to change mine as we go. <laughs> You're no, really just going to start like, tripping I, over already, it. I've already, I've already, a couple of these have already been rotated in and out. But. Well, if you see like my song list, I've got like scratches and shit. Just, yeah. So, I don't know who wants to go first, but I think we decided we're going to start with our top five songs of 2019. Maybe we should let our guests go. Yeah. Like, like, should it be guest first right or okay. save the guest for last? Sure, all right, let's just do it then. All yeah. right, go into it. Okay, so these are my top five songs of 2019. Also, I should say, uh, I didn't know about this until just a couple weeks ago, so anything that uh, I left out, and there are, I'm sure there's going to be a bunch I'm going to kick myself in the ass for later, I apologize to those songs. If those songs have feelings, I'm sorry. Okay, number doesn't matter. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, Moonlight Motel. Nice. Which... Hmm. 
in typical Bruce fashion, is stuck at the end of the album right. and is easily the best song off of Western Stars. That Fantastic. actually almost made my list. I can't. Even that and new it, live version from the film is yeah. fantastic, too. Although I wish Patty were not saying what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> uh, eight, the, uh, this one's an oddball one, because I don't even know if you can get the record unless you did his uh, pledge thing or whatever it was that he did for it. But uh, Jeff Whalen from Czar has a bunch of... He has an album out, which hmm. I do not have all of. I only have three singles. But he had a song called even... Alien Lanes that is like perfect power pop song the hook is ridiculous I mean Rick Nielsen would kill to have written this song it's fantastic uh, number three and this is a cover but it's so well done I, I had to put it on there I love uh, Steve Earle's version of Guy Clark's L.A. Freeway I yeah. Guy it's awesome it's I actually had a hard time not putting that record on my I fought list. Well, but now but I, can't, I didn't I because it was a cover. It's not yeah. on mine, so way to go. We jumped ahead. I wasn't trying to. Sorry. No, I, 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 thought, I almost called I was, you and said, hey, are we allowed to include covers? We're well, allowed to do whatever you want. I made my own rules. I wasn't going to sit there and like start okay. like, trying well, to dictate what other people did. But It is a fantastic take. On, the whole record is great. and It, it is. While it did not make my top five, I, it was definitely in the running. Uh, the next one is 1F by White Reaper. Oh, damn. Yeah, because I love. I mean, I love that whole record. Yeah, but that song, I, that hook is spoiler killer. alert. I love that record too. But huh, I haven't listened to that because <laughs> I've heard to. one song Dude, on the radio. Did but you not I, see them with Jimmy? Where did you go to? Were they not the opening act when Jimmy? Eat I don't know. It was some group called Pronoun, but I showed up like right when they were uh, finishing up. Yeah, I would have skipped that too, just based on that name. <laughs> so. Hopefully that was a good call. Yeah, but, I kind of owe you for the White Reaper thing. I'd never heard them until you suggested that new record. Yeah. And now Their I indie even stuff discovered the last too. one was fucking awesome. Yeah, huh. yeah. But it's up to check it out. Yeah, it's totally. I mean, it's a lot more polished than their early stuff, but the hooks are. It's like Thin Lizzy meets The Cars meets Cheap Trick. Yeah, is there a song called Might Be Right? Is that a name of the song? Because they've been playing I'd have something. To look at let me, it. Let me, let me, I wanted, this is something I wanted to address on this podcast because when I was a kid and I got an album. A week later, I knew the name of every single song on it. Sitting here. There you go. Thank okay. you. <clears throat> Might be right. Yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say because uh, Saturday and One F were like two really just. It doesn't really have. Might no be duds right. On was a cool record, one too. No, it's but... a straightforward. I mean, it instantly. My first thought when I heard it was uh, the fags. Yeah. It reminded me of the fags a lot. Just the dude's voice, and then. Yep. Uh, like head automatica, hmm. it's got that kind of uh, remember, well, like remember that band Rooney, yeah. That I think are yeah. Actually, I've been listening to them a lot more lately. out again, doing stuff yeah. now. But those the first couple, especially the second Rooney record, Calling the World, I think something like that. It reminds me a lot of that, but <clears throat> their execution and the guitar playing on it is so cool. Those these two guitar players are killer, man. But uh, <coughs> anyway, uh, from that we move to a totally different genre. Um, and this is another one. I think it might be the last song on the record. Empty Hands and Broad Shoulders by Joe Pug. Nice. Is a hmm. great song. Yeah. And I have an honorable, honorable mention. Is that okay to... Yeah, go for it. Uh, this did not make the Donnie V record, but the oh, throwaway yeah. track, Troublemaker by EZN, is a great <laughs> song. I know, I know it's a big middle finger to... Someone. The other guys <laughs> that are carrying on the name, but it is a great... Oh the, yeah, the guitar hooks great. The vocal hooks great. The lyrics are as uh, biting and sarcastic as 
Donnie Zerdine, and he's fantastic at that, but I love that tune too. So that almost bumped out. Uh, I, I thought I'll, maybe I'll take the Steve Earle off since it's a cover, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's a great, that's a great song anyhow. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, and Steve Earle really knocked it out of the park on that record. You know, his his son's record this year was a really cool one too. I don't yeah. know if you picked that up. I That one didn't quite like even make like my top ten when I was trying to make the top ten list and then knock it down to five, but... But it was a cool record. I think that was like what I ended up deciding on that though was it seemed like it was not quite song strong, you know. Yeah. As some of his other he's stuff. He's hit or miss and, for me. <clears throat> I always like I always love the sound of his records. Yeah. Um, I really love the first the first record. Um, that one that has midnight movies. That's a that's a killer album. And then there's some other ones where it's just like yeah, just kind of in one ear and out the other. He's a great writer, but sometimes there's a I don't, I don't feel focused to me or something. I right. just, I just, it's kind of like, you know, style over substance or something. I don't know. But yeah, that new one is is solid. One of his better records in recent years for sure. Well, who's but he's next? not on my list. So well, he's not on my list either. But I felt like I felt like he uh, top five songs for 2019. Yeah, I'm gonna. I saw him up next. <coughs> I just made you up next. All right, the guest calls the shots. This one uh, is actually I'm starting off with kind of a cheat because Ghost put out a a seven inch a single, so I just threw the two songs in one entry. It was a Kiss the Go Goat and a a Mariana Cross was the B side. So you're including both of these songs as two of your best songs of the. Yeah, you're just taking a whole seven inch record. Three spots left now, right? Oh well, hey, <laughs> hey, it's my show. You're the guest. So. Consider it like the. We let uh, you have an honorable mention. All right. Yeah, so consider honor. it your honorable mention. Now, oh, fuck, I gotta Fair find enough. an honorable Fair mention. Enough. Well, I didn't know which one to choose over the other one, and I'm like, it's a seven inch, so I'll just kind of. Okay. You make throw it on there. Then my next one is uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this guy, Alan Stone. He had an album out, and I, I had never heard of this guy before until they started playing him on the radio in his song, uh, Brown Eyed Lover. Yeah, it sounds like Stevie Wonder or something. Mm-hmm. It's, like, really cool. That. And I kind of checked out his album, and it was all right, but that song that's been on the radio for, like, four months or something, hmm. it's pretty cool. I'm looking him up. I'm not very hip, so... I mean, I might know the song if I heard it, I guess, because I do listen to the radio on the way to work sometimes, but... Yeah. Oh, wow. I was picturing a totally different guy and then this Is he like three hundred pounds with a giant beard? Looks no, like a he looks like that guy that but sounds like he looks like that guy that's uh Deadpool sidekick that tends bar. Yeah, the sarcastic smart ass. Who was the actor that played him? I don't know, but this guy's a dead ringer for him. Look, tell, tell me he's not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he is. It's like if if uh I'm trying to think of Jay what else that James dude's Silent in. Bob and that guy had a baby. That's what it would look like. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna add. I'm gonna take your recommendation. Just stick that on. The... All right. All right. Cool. Carry on. Uh, the next one, John Mayer. Uh, his song <laughs> called "New Light." Like, yeah. Like I know. Like I hated this song at first, and I was even <coughs> laughing about it with some people that I work with because it would be. You could almost set your watch by this song. It would be on the hour, like every hour, this song gets played. I fucking hated it. But then I kind of, one day, I listened to the lyrics, and it's basically like, he's talking about being in the friend zone with a girl, but he's like, yeah, hey, maybe you'll see me in a new light. 
Yeah, but no one wants to fuck that. <laughs> that's ironic though, because yeah, that dude gets all yeah. the uh, women in Hollywood. But he's talking about being in the friend zone, and I felt like I could kind of relate to that. So I was like, all right, maybe I'm seeing this song in a new light. Andy, I'm gonna ba- I'm gonna have your back on this one, man. I don't know that song, but I love John. Man. I don't know. I don't care if anybody makes fun of me for it. I think he's a great guitar he's player. He's a killer guitar player. He's a really good yeah. songwriter. I don't know what the hell he's doing playing with the Grateful Dead, but you know, whatever dude. Yeah. But, uh... I don't know what we're doing with yeah. this. I'll, I'll back you. I'll look that one up, too. But yeah, the song, like, I don't know. Like, it took me a while to get into it. So you might hear it and be like, oh, this is terrible. I probably will. Yeah. No, I won't. I might. Uh, next on my list is uh, this guy, Luke Underhill. He has a song called Long Way Home. That was another one on the radio. So I guess I'm like, all the stuff I heard on the radio kind of made my song list. I didn't even know the radio still existed. You only heard five songs on the radio? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I only heard yeah. five songs on the radio this year, and that's well, what I wrote down. one on the hour every hour. It doesn't really leave yeah. room for so much real estate. About 15 minutes worth of commercials, too. And what's the song called again? Long Way Home? Long Way Home. Like... It sounds like something from the 80s, like Bruce Hornsby or something, but he kind of rocked it out. I don't know if the guy's like an American Idol guy or anything either, because he kind of sounds really poppy, like something you'd hear on that, too. Well, you can't see this happening, but what I'm doing here is research. research. So then you can like this send me text some later noise. and be like, God, this was terrible. Because I'm angling the microphone, because Denny is the quietest one. I'm sorry, I have a, a bit of a voice issue. Yeah. Dealing with right now, no. I'll do my best to. I'm not trying. To, I'm not trying to call you out on it. I'm just trying to fix the issue. It's okay. But, You've already you know. hurt my feelings twice since I got here. Well, <laughs> what's a host for? Hey, but we had presents and Wait stuff. Yeah, so, true. I didn't even bring anything. The worst kind of guest. Yeah, I'm probably not going to sleep tonight. Did you already go through five songs? Uh, well, I had the two ghost songs. Oh, so maybe you're, that counts you're as allowed five. to have. You can do one more. Do you have another one? Well, I do, but yeah, it's kind of yeah. awkward, and I didn't want to make it awkward even more. Uh, okay. Oh, uh, listen it, to this guy. It, is it Brent Stortzum's Long Way from Good Night? Oh, that wasn't this year. It's by a I can't dude even get my own shit. Who's right. a motivational speaker on a first part time job. But that song, The Bruise, like, dude, like, I keep playing that over and over again in my car, like, on my way to work. Oh, and it's thank cool. You. So. It's a good song. Yeah. I like it a lot, too. I play it over and over again in my car sometimes. <laughs> when you're getting ready to go motivate some people <laughs> yeah. when you're speaking. And the Ebo. I figure it'll play heavily into my new tour I'm doing, Don't Be a Pussy. Is that what it's called? That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's mostly for kid, preteens. <laughs> I'm targeting this, this new speaking uh, tour I'm doing. But I, Is it like again, a scared straight thing or something? No, it's totally different. Uh, I'm I, I'm not wearing pants while I'm delivering the speech. That that scares people. That, well, that's just a, that's a new thing. That but I found it to be <laughs> in these test markets I've hit. It's been quite effective. Well, I only have to take my shirt off. I don't even have to get as far as my pants. And <laughs> that definitely motivated me to leave a couple yeah. times. Well, Andy, have you? Uh, that yeah. that was the five, huh? Yeah, that was five. All right. Well, thanks. I guess all the pressure's on on me. So my top five list of 2019, I thought John Mayer might make some people giggle. My first one I'm going to throw out there is Taylor Swift, the song Lover. A, it just sounds fucking, like, I don't know, it just has a sound to it that I love. And I'm pretty shameless about, you know, admitting my love for Tay-Tay. I don't really care. She's got some stuff I hate and can't tolerate, and she's got some stuff I love. 
And this song is one of those. Is called Lover, and I love it. And actually, there was a handful of songs on that record. I don't like the new record as a whole, but there were like three songs that were really, really solid to where I could have probably picked any one of those three and put them. Those ones you'll like them then? (laughs) No. Death by a Thousand Kites? I didn't, yeah. Is that a song? It was called Cuts, and yeah. Was, oh. I, I listened to it like five times before I realized what it was actually called. I, I thought, think that's a cooler title. I thought she kept saying that. Kites, and I thought, man, that's a weird title. What the fuck? And then finally I looked at the title of the song, because I was like, God, that can't be right. I've got to be hearing that wrong. And then, yeah, it was Cuts, and I'm like, ah, Kites was kind of cooler. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, old Tay-Tay, you know. Whatever. I love her songs. Are you waiting for one of us to mock you for this? It, no, not at all. Like you feel like you are like you're waiting for the... No, I just... Okay. No. You kind of look kind of tense. I am gonna. I have to confess something. I've never heard that song. I know it was a hit because I've heard the title. Yeah. I don't well, think I've heard the song. Yeah. That's, you wanna, no, can you just good, sing like a little bit? Cool. Would maybe you like me to? I was just trying to prompt it. Maybe Let like, me go to my guitar real quick. And, are you guys, uh, do can't. you like cut in and like put audio clips into this no. thing? Or? No, I don't I think so. I haven't heard you guys do that on here yet, but maybe we could. Jim Glass like asked for that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the. I mean, that's a pain in the ass, right? Isn't like, there some could... copyright laws? Like I could get. What are you sued? looking at me for, man? <laughs> Aren't you the guy that knows all the things about all the things? Know. If I knew all that stuff, I'd be making a lot more money doing it. I can tell you that. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, other people do it on podcasts, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Because I've heard some podcasts where they say like, "Oh yeah, we can't include that." Like. Yeah. So I don't know. I just might depend. But. Maybe one of your loyal listeners who has a degree in this type of thing can. Well, somebody in. needs to step it up because I sure as fuck don't have the. Does this thing uh, have an email address? That I don't have the drive. You can tell you. Okay, they can just contact <clears throat> Andy via messenger. Messenger. <clears throat> Am I already going to start fucking my speech up? Two drinks in, mispronouncing things. Record. 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 <laughs> All right. So Taylor Swift songs out of the way. All right. All right, next one. William and Wanda by Cody Jenks. Hmm. I did not like this record. I don't even remember what it was called. Something. Way to just full on shit on the thing. I know. (laughs) But hey, he had one great song on there. Like, I listened to the record and the record. (laughs) And, you know, it just was like a letdown. Which one was from Nashville again? (laughs) I know, right? Um. But his last one was called Lifer. I think it came out last year or the year before. His last and it was, record? His last record. <laughs> and it was really cool. I liked it. I liked the record. But so I was kind of, he had two that came out this year, and I was looking forward to them. And really neither one of them was a hit with me, and especially not Spreading this one. A little too thin, maybe? I guess. I don't know, yeah. But this one song, actually, speaking of Guy Clark, it reminded me a lot of, like, Guy Clark or oh, Blaze wow. Foley, like... Kind of just those old school, you know, Towns of Anzant type type dudes. So, you know, if you like that stuff, I recommend uh, checking that record out just for that one song. (laughs) (laughs) Just for uh, William and Wanda, anyhow. And you know what? You might luck out and like it, like the rest of it better than me. I'm not saying record again. (laughs) Uh, So next one on my list, this one kind of bums me out because this dude... um, Chris turned me on to this guy. He played down at, before it closed, Granite City. They were doing those patio party yeah. things. Yeah. Um, yeah, J.S. Andara had a song called Saying Goodbye. And actually, his whole album's really good. I mean, it's a really, he's got a unique sound, a really unique voice. 
And I, at first, I remember listening to it the first time, and he had, like, such a unique voice. He's, like, one of those where it's, like, hard to... Like, you dig it because it's unique, but you don't even know whether you really like it as a whole because you're just trying to digest this... Yeah, it's really easy for it to sound like a put-on or something that could be a... So it's kind of could be a turn-off. Like yeah, a, it was really weird. Have you heard him at all? No, I don't even know oh, his name before. Great. I mean, this song, I don't know, man. It was just the one that, as much as I liked the whole album, <clears throat> and there was a couple, there was a few that kind of stood out on there. There's another one, um, Torch Song. I think that maybe was being played on the radio. Yeah, I think Saying Goodbye is actually... Is it? I think those were two the two kind of hits, but uh, but yeah, saying goodbye was uh, it's a great song, so I can't really recommend it enough. I, I'd probably say if I had to take any of the songs on my list and make one number one, it'd probably be that one. Do you feel like it harms your credibility in terms of recommending these songs that you put that Taylor Swift one first? No, not at Are all. Are you concerned at all with that? Okay, I was just curious. Great song's a great song. I'm not saying you should be concerned, but I mean, I just hey, look, you Pop Princess or not a great song's a great <laughs> song. Uh, so the next one on my list, I kind of tried to go out of the singer-songwriter style. And uh, Midland, or Midland, <laughs> as we uh, you know debated back and forth on how to pronounce that as well, because that's what we do on the show is just talk about shit that doesn't fucking matter. When there's actually a task at hand and we're Potato, supposed to... <laughs> But anyhow, Midland, Mr. Lonely, it was oh, kind of cool. just a... It, first listen, I was like, fuck, man, this is like the best Dwight Yoakam song I've heard in years that Dwight Yoakam did, had nothing to do with, you know? It's like a really great old school kind of country... Have you heard that one? Or you, I'm, I was going to say something and I don't want, I'm going to want to hurt your feelings. No, you can go ahead because it kind of was like... Because you recommended that album to me and I hated it. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. I, tr- I listened to the whole thing and I hated it. Maybe I'll have to revisit it. Because huh, I kind of I didn't hate it, it like you know like I had a you know like a, an allergic reaction to it and you know vomited <laughs> all over the place or anything. I just did not. I was like I I don't know what I'm supposed to be listening for. I didn't get it. Damn. Yeah. Damn. That's well. Hard. You know what, dude? You and I don't disagree on a whole lot too often. So yeah, because I thought you guys. It's probably about time when it comes to that. Yeah. Like you know, we've entered old married couple. Territory. (laughs) Well, I'll move on from that, and I will go to something that, since you've already included this uh, songwriter on your list of top five songs, I can at least be a little bit more confident that you will agree with me on this one, unless it was the one song on the record you just hated, but Joe Pug, The Letdown. Oh, yeah. That one was just like... I struggled with the one I chose. Yeah. Just because I, I think that whole record is fantastic, but something about that, <clears throat> the last verse of the one I, that was, that's what sewed it up for me. But yeah, that's a great song too. Yeah, man. no doubt. He's fantastic live too. If you haven't seen him, he's I have not seen great, him. Great, totally engaging. Hmm. Great singer. Great storyteller. Yeah, I mean that's the you know, it's such a stripped down record. There's not much going on, you know. And yeah, <clears throat> to sit there and be able to write a song. That's so strong. Not a song, but a series of songs. I think there's, what, 10 or 11 on that record. Yeah, it's pretty quick. It goes by really yeah. fast. Yeah, well, they're all short. <clears throat> that's one thing I noticed was uh, when I was listening to it again a couple days ago, 
I hadn't realized it when I first listened to it, but it's like every song is like two and a half minutes long. Yeah, like they're not even like three minute compact. songs. There's not a lot of fluff, and it's it's very to the point. It's pretty yeah. sparse all the way through production. Well, I mean, it's got right. instrumentation on it, obviously. But yeah, it's but not... it's yeah, it's like harmonica and yeah. there's stand up bass. I've only seen him live as a just, solo. Just, yeah, solo yeah. guy. I know I've never seen him with a with a band, which I know he does tour with a band sometimes, but he doesn't need it to get the point across that stuff is that those the lyrics are so yeah powerful and that stuff and his delivery is just great you know he's real likable you know right. between like he's obviously a very sharp guy but that record man it's so plus it's been a long time it seems like between albums yeah. for him and it's so it seems like they really honed it down like to those, four years ago was yeah, that was last one? messenger was that the one before yeah right? i think so <clears throat> but it's so focused man that record is just like there's no fat on it. it absolutely trimmed any any bit of fat off of it. I at least that's what I get from it. But yeah, well, that's cool I mean, that you I thought that. the first great. song was the weakest on the whole record because it seems like when I first I remember first listening to it and the first song just kind of was like ah it didn't grab me, you know. And then it's one of those where it's grown on me more. But yeah. I still every time I listen to it, I still feel like the opening song is like the weakest out of the whole. Thing which is kind of cool. It kind of says something because, you know, most artists would want yeah, something. Yeah, front load to, it. Yeah, you know, yeah, but he sure. didn't really have to. I mean, he had. I mean, it's not like it's a shitty song. It's just no. I mean, these days, especially in the you know zero attention span era, right. where you got if you don't grab him in the first, you know, it used to be what was it thirty seconds? Now it's like you don't grab him in the first ten seconds with a hook. It's like <laughs> right. game over. You know, on to the next shitty whatever. But. Yeah, he definitely, you know, it's a grower, but I didn't, it, it certainly didn't, I was a fan already, so I didn't have to go, oh, well, up next kind of thing. Right. It, it, I was willing to, to let it, but I, it didn't take long for it to sink in. Yes, sir. Well, I think that wraps up our... Uh, I guess Andy doesn't like Joe Pug. He, never he doesn't have much to say, that. yeah, but well... Joe Pug. Is that, is that a dog? his name down. Probably not somebody on his radar, you know, yeah. but... No, it's a great, it's a great record. I mean, I mean, he's all right. He's got some talent. Yeah, he might do something. He might do something. Well, do we? Uh, unless there's more we want to say, if uh, you guys want to bust my balls a little bit more about the Taylor Swift thing, I or if we want to, if we want to, that's just such an easy target. I mean, John Mayer is a pretty easy target, really, just because yeah. people like to beat up on the guy, which I right. don't really understand. I guess because he's successful, people like to. Well, yeah, that's going to be anyone. Out, but he's a funny, dude, and. Clearly has some kind of actual talent, or he wouldn't still be. Well, I like soccer mom drinks, and he writes songs for soccer moms, right? There you go. So there you go. (laughs) Well, shall we move on to the top five albums of 2019? And these aren't—we're not saying our top five. Don't be confused here. We are telling you these are the top five fucking albums, and you will like them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess top 15. This by is the time law, people. You understand this? This is law. <laughs> Some people will tell you that art is subjective. Fuck you. We're right. Those people the rest are of you are crazy. wrong. They know shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Guest of honor. Okay. I'm going to, well, this is going to be weird because I'm going to, uh, this is another one that's, okay. I, I'm going to swap. One of these is getting swapped out. But I'm going to slide that one into a double honorable mention. Because as guest of honor, I don't feel like any rule should apply to me, so I'm just going to go ahead and take up that little bit extra time. My and this is my number one for the year, 
I know we're not necessarily putting them in order, but this is my number one. Donnie V's Beautiful Things yeah. is a... That's... It's a goddamn it's masterpiece. Brilliant, man. It's a, it's a perfect slab of uh, all things Beatles, Cheap Trick, Badfinger, Off-Broadway. It's, it's All of it's in there. Everything he does great is in there, and it's produced exactly the way it needs to be produced. <clears throat> I'm going to admit, I was a little thrown off by the... Uh, Weedly Deedly, uh, Paul Gilbert. <laughs> yeah. Who I love, by the way. I love Paul Gilbert. But the intro it, thing. Yeah, that seemed a little possibly shoehorned in. Um, but yeah. it doesn't really mar the song. It's just. I mean, I thought that the first time I heard it, but the more I listen yeah, to that record, to it. it's like. It's kind of a neat little intro thing. Well, and then you come to find out that the bass player on it is the guy from a. Like Symphony X or something. Some progressive metal bass player is the bass player. You'd never know. The guy's got. I mean, clearly has monster chops, but it's so everything about the record's really tasteful. It's a great, right. you know. And I gotta admit, I, I'm a, you know, lifelong fan of Enough's Enough. <clears throat> so there you go. If anybody wants to make fun of me, um, I never would have even checked out the album had I not talked to you at your house and you recommended it. Kind it's, of. It's, like, I well, I, I'll be honest. I bought. I've got all of his other solo stuff, and a lot of it was, you know, pretty low budget kind of done on the fly and this is the first thing he's done where it's just really a fully realized like man tough to argue with that but it, it's great and I, I cannot <clears throat> over recommend that album um, and then uh, again some ice <clears throat> White Reaper uh, yeah, You Deserve it's... Love <clears throat> the fact that that even came out in 2019 blows my mind on a major label I didn't know they started signing bands like that again. I wish they'd do it more often. I wish those bands would uh, have more success. But that is a slamming front-to-back record, man. Great hooks, great players. Uh, this one is a group that I, for years, uh, labored un under the delusion that they were a straight-up country band. And I guess they kind of are a little bit, but the new Whiskey Myers record, uh, the self-titled Whiskey Myers album, I love it. It's great. I have not listened to that. <clears throat> Great lyrics, man. Just a really, really solid. I, in fact, I almost put one of theirs in my top five songs. But that—that's a, a really good bluesy kind of, you know, redneck rock and roll. Uh, I guess I record. too was under the illusion that you know they were yeah, just a country I, band. I don't know that some of their earlier stuff has a little more, you know, country sheen on it. But I mean, yeah. they're an indie band. I mean, they're doing it themselves kind of thing but it's a, that's a really good record I want to say maybe Dave Cobb produced that new one I'm not sure I might be making that up pull it out of my ass I'm not sure but um uh, then I had that guy does is pretty good which one? Uh, Dave Cobb anything he seems he's to got a he's got a either he's really lucky his, whoever his uh, agent is that gets him these bands to produce I mean it, it wouldn't matter he did Southeastern so right basically he could just shit in my ear for the rest he of my life and I'd, I'd, I'd forgive him for it but maybe he didn't do a lot of great <coughs> well it's, the weird thing with him man is he's all over the place he did a Europe record oh really he produced a that. Europe album yeah I was at a coffee shop one time this guy came in and he was he was like a second engineer or something on it and he goes yeah Dave's mixing this new Europe album and I thought I heard him talking to some other dudes like Europe, like like a band from Europe or like like Final Countdown. Europe. But yeah, he did a Europe record, so he's wow. Yeah, yeah, he's done. I mean, that last Brandy Carlisle thing. Let me look this up. And make sure I'm talking about the right guy. Hold on. Bear well, with we me. usually have our facts. I know. I know you guys show. are so thorough with this stuff, and I really feel. Let's oh, see here. So. I don't. 
Rival Sons, Marcus King Band. God, he does do everything. Sure, Jennings, Anderson East. Did he Anderson do that? That's all Dave Todd. Anderson what? East, Dave Todd, Wheeler Walker Jr. Did he do the new Rival Sons record? Or? Uh, he's got one on 2016 and one oh. 29. Yeah. It's a good record. Pearl Roots, yeah. <clears throat> record. Didn't make my top five, <laughs> but it's a good record. <laughs> Whiskey Myers, he did Mud. I know I'm right about this Europe thing. It's going to be on here. I'm the Unless the record's not done yet. No, this is a couple years back. It's oh. got to be. Well, you never know. Maybe they just buried it like on here so that no one Europe's yep, Chinese Europe, democracy. War of Kings, 2015. Oh, goddamn. So, man, he's really been... He's done a lot of Whiskey Meyer stuff, it looks like. Sturgill Simpson. Goddamn, they got... What is this guy Are sweet? you going to mention that as a... Uh, oh, Christian get, Brothers. Try to get Christian Brothers brand to sponsor us. You didn't need uh, the For all gestures. your holiday parties and recordings... Uh, turn to Christian just so Brothers. we're clear, since we're uh, just a few days before Christmas, we are all slinging the eggnog back. Is this going to come out in time for Christmas? Because this would be a perfect stocking stuffer. It would be, wouldn't it? Not really. I mean, you can't it really probably stuff will. I'll probably a put podcast. It together tomorrow. Yeah, we don't, it's not actually going to come out in a physical format, so you know how you'd stuff it in your stocking. Every time we, we always could. talk about having a sponsor, I think of like Wayne's World, how they go through all those sponsors, and he's like, new print, take two. <laughs> <laughs> like, I always feel like those guys. I think you probably have to do some something a little more consistent than changing it up every week in order to get somebody to... <laughs> yeah, whatever we're drinking. Whatever, whatever we're drinking. Us. Please. I've been pretty consistent with the Tito's vodka when we do the Sunday morning episodes, you know, when we record. <laughs> and the Tito's in the kitchen? That's pretty kitchen. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Miranda Lambert lyric, Jesus Christ. That's a real thing? No, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was like the what? worst. What? You don't listen to our show? <laughs> we should. I do. I have, I've, I'm two episodes behind, so I don't know which one I missed. We probably but... should have had like five worst lyrics of 2019 as well, because <laughs> yeah. that would have been on there. Yeah, we could definitely go on about that for a minute. <clears throat> Okay, back uh, to this damn list. What were we doing? <laughs> you want to talk about your sponsor one more time, though? No, it's fine. Christian Brothers Brandy. <laughs> this is the... Okay, I'm going to put this one in for... Okay, Matthew Logan Vasquez, Lighten Up. Mm. I love that record. Never I love his last record, too. You you dig him. Um, I don't even know how to describe him. He was part of another band, and I can't think what they were called. Uh, fairly successful indie thing, but he's got two solo records out. Well, he's got two that I have. I, and then this is where it gets weird. Okay, so after this Matthew Logan Vasquez record, it's it's weird. I, I would talk about... At, at greater length, but I'm trying to cram these extra things in here. I had the Jimmy Eat World album on here, Surviving, mm-hmm. which I think it's is... It's a solid record. It's yeah. great. But, man, the new Grace Potter album is awesome. And I've been listening to it a bunch this last week and, like, really fully digesting it, and I think that has taken over the... Jimmy Eat World got bumped, man. Oh, um, so I'm not going to cry I'm just saying in the 11th hour, they got bumped. So I want to move them to my... Honorable mention slot, which was previously occupied by Illiterate Light, which I think is great to the band Illiterate Light. It's just self-titled record. Um, I have not heard that. So now I basically have two honorable mentions because. Uh, so sorry, but yeah. So Grace Potter's new self-titled solo record moves into the number four or five spot for me. Yeah, that Illiterate sorry, Jimmy Light World. group. Um, I think they've come around here like a few times. Like they opened up for the record company, and then they yeah, I saw the like record, yeah. our, our oh, Christmas yeah. show thing. The record company. It's a weird album. It's one of those. They're a duo, <laughs> but they I don't. But they don't sound like a duo when you listen to the record. So I don't know if there's were more people in the band at one point. Um, I don't know how they play live. But. Yeah, I got to go up on stage and help introduce them. Yeah, 
and uh, they have like a pedal board on the ground. It's like huge, and I think the guy does something with his feet oh, while he's playing, so that's why it sounds like more people. Because uh, I was afraid to almost kick it or something, because I was like, Shit, I wonder if that guy gets like two shares when they divvy the money up. So, like, I would. That's a lot of hustle, man. I mean, the drummer's yeah. doing one thing, and this guy's yeah. got to play guitar and sing and dance all over the place. Yeah. That's like, you know, it's kind of like Mighty Mighty Boston's. Do they pay that dude that just dances? <laughs> Does he get a full band member share? You know? Or he gets like a half a share and the other guys split. Yeah, I mean, what does he, does he have to like carry all the, the gear half. afterwards too or something to get paid? I, I just, I don't know. Huh. Never know. These things might be fucked harder. up enough that he might be the highest paid guy in the band. That, he, he, he owns the name. Yeah. He's like the He mascot. owns the band, the name, all the gear. <laughs> so you're going to let me dance, you sons of bitches. Yeah, that's how David Lee Roth got in Van Halen, so... There you go. <clears throat> Not from his dancing, clearly, but uh, he owned the PA. Anyway, okay, that was mine. I like it. Well done, sir. <laughs> uh, so I'm up next. Uh, you had mentioned uh, J.S. Ondara, mm-hmm. who had played at a CT. Um... Andy's pointing at me, by the way, for those oh. of you that can't see. Sorry. He I'm played on the patio surprised. there. They had another group <laughs> that played on the patio. Like, they... I think they had like one a month for the summer. Right. And like, I think I keep talking about CT a lot. They paid them too much because the fucking place closed down. So, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, there's a band called Black Pumas, and like we had started playing one of their songs on the radio. I've been meaning to listen to that record. That's pretty solid. Yeah, and like, I had a family emergency that day, and so I wasn't sure if I should go to this show or not. But I'm like, screw it, I've had a bad day. I'm going to the show, and those guys were awesome. And then I bought their uh, record, and yeah, that, uh, it was worth going because that uh, made my list. Did your family disown you afterwards, or no? So that's all still cool. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I liked it more because that show kind of hit the spot, and then their album and stuff. Listening to it that night, it was really good. Hmm. So they were my first spot. They're not like my number one. Like I didn't number these either. Uh, but my criteria was just. Uh, I didn't want to um, have albums that we'd already talked about on the show, so I didn't want to double up. I was picking like five right. uh, that were earlier in the year. So, uh, my next one is uh, Hollywood Vampires Rise. I know um, I talked to Denny about that, and you said it didn't set your world on fire. But uh, the thing with me, uh, why it made my list, was because it kind of helped inspire this podcast because I was. I had a guest pass for like Alice Cooper being in Peoria and I got to go kind of backstage and that Tommy Hendrickson, he was talking, uh, he was talking about two of the songs on the album and I was like, man, that's actually kind of cool. I want to like talk to like songwriters and get kind of inside story on it. But then it kind of turned into this where we just kind of uh, make fun of songwriter. Yeah. I mean, Brett's a songwriter, man. That's how he brought it up to me. Well, yeah, that's how I pitched it to him. I know you're a songwriter, but let's just talk about people that write songs that are good. And I was like, Jesus, dude. No, No, that ain't how I said it. No, man, I'm trying to be serious here. Like, I mean, you you were a guy that I was most of understanding, like, what good songwriters do. (laughs) (laughs) Is that something you think you could wrap your head around for a podcast? I'm trying every day. Picture this. A song that You're someone a good can songwriter. actually. <laughs> what do you think goes through their head? 
But, but no, but I wanted to like. I Andy felt like comes off the Christmas. All right, he's list. trying to be sincere, yeah. and I yeah. turned it into this big. I felt like you were a guy I was most comfortable talking with. So that I is how to, it like, started. Try yeah. out a podcast. He wanted to inter- me then, to be the first interview, basically, gotcha. and yeah. So so it just became like us, like shooting the shit in your basement. Right. And so the album, I kind of felt like yeah, the album was good, and I kind of felt like it was kind of a sentimental thing. So I put it on there. But I didn't mind. I didn't really. mind the record. I I think you. Uh, Perhaps my sarcasm yeah. was a little thicker than it's got some cool songs yeah. on it. Uh, it's just a, it's just I'm not a big fan of the supergroup. Yeah, because it's thing you know. It's kind of weird though, because like it's got Joe Perry mm-hmm. and Alice Cooper and like Johnny Depp and some other guys. <laughs> so maybe I had like hyped it up more, thinking it was going to be something different. But it, actually finding out talking to that guy, it's uh, or hearing him talk about it. Uh, this Tommy Hendrickson, he just took Johnny Depp's journals um, that were like, I don't know, poems or writings, and he turned it into song lyrics. And Did they tear out the parts about him beating the shit out of his ex-wife? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly, I should add. I just kidding. But, I don't like Johnny yeah. Depp. I, I, it sounded like I, it was I don't their think album he did that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to believe he did that. I think he's been exonerated. I mean, like, we already <laughs> forgot about it. <laughs> then I've got one that you're going to be like, oh, typical. Um, Dream Theater, uh, Distance Over Time. Dude, that was a solid fucking record. That was... I know yeah. Denny's wanting to make the weedly deedly comments, but, <laughs> dude, that I... was the best Dream Theater album in yeah, like, seriously. fucking years. Like... like, fucking years. Yeah. Like, it was their best in the 2000s, in my opinion. It was solid. So yeah, I can tell you. I had to break it up to get it to go down. Flushed <laughs> like four times. <laughs> Rocks out. It was the first uh, album that they put out, in my opinion, in a long time, that had been just like song based. Like the fucking songs are good. Oh, you mean by you locked know. in either ever? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't really yeah. have a, a bone to pick with Dream Theater. They, I think you're just me, not a fan. This is obviously. I, I, they're it's... great players. I don't like uh, him as a James Lebray. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel like they should just like leave him at home and yeah. just go out and do it without a singer. I think I'd enjoy it more. But that's just my. They actually favorite. did that for some album, or they had yeah, they keep was, like doing Liquid it. Tension Experiment. Oh, it was basically yeah. the Dream Theater guys without yeah. him. And then. Um, I debated on cutting this one out and putting something in its place because I didn't want this to be the Denny Smith dick sucking hour. Oh, there we go. The dick sucking hour. But uh, I, we I was gonna go. I'll go upstairs, man. If you guys want to be alone. Podcast <laughs> is uh, from the dark. That's um, a that, solid record. Man. Yeah, like that's not the kind of solid on my list. Put out. But thank you, man. That's, that's if I was gonna cross it out, I was gonna have uh, the Donny V one in its place. So I guess that could be an honorable mention. Yeah, well, there you go. Man. You can move me the honorable mention. Your number yeah, one no, was that. behind his. Yeah. Then my. I'm lap, happy to be in front yeah. of Dream Theater's number two. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. Uh, my last one is one that I think if I I um. If I numbered them, this might be my number one of the year. But uh, Danko Jones, a rock supreme. Really? Yeah, I like that. I, it's not my favorite of his, but it is. I, it was a nice return. I thought. Yeah, like I don't know something about this album. It just like has balls. I think. Yeah. And there's like not a lot of rock out um, now that doesn't not doing what he's doing. For yeah, sure. like straight up, just a yeah, straight up rock yeah. sound. 
Yeah, I, I, I kicked that one around a little bit too. I, I thought about that, but he to me, Below the Belt was like, that's my favorite thing of his, oh, other yeah. than We Split Blood, which is untouchable, but he everything since then, I've kind of like, ah, I, I like this, but I don't get all the way to the top of the mountain yeah. with it. And this new one was the closest one to, to oh, do okay. that in a long time. I thought it, I thought it was really good. That's a good call, man. You guys have you ever seen him live? Shake it. Yeah, like He's I saw awesome. him live before I ever heard any of his songs, and it was so weird because like I thought he was kind of doing a spoken word thing. That was all of his songs, but then there is one that's like <coughs> I think uh, the blues or something like that. He was just talking. Yeah, he's great, man. Yeah, like he was he, like I think it had rained, and he said something too. He's like, I hope it just rains and it pours again, so we can separate the people that rock on the weekend from the people that rock every day or something. I don't also, know. he's pro segregation. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. real fucking classy. Yeah. <sighs> I guess he just had good now stage presence. How he's like. Yeah, he's dude. If you watch the documentary that's called uh, take, "Take It to the Mountain" or something, mountain, something. Anyway, he talked. Yeah. You know, he does that thing where he slaps himself in the face. Yeah, actually, ended up with a detached retina and had to have like. So there's one part of the documentary he's got an eye patch on it. And I saw, <laughs> I saw him do that whole shtick on the We Sweat Blood tour. I never. We had the promo. I worked at a shop called Cats at the time in Nashville. We had the promo, and I was just. I would just play whatever all day, just because they. When you're in Nashville, it's not like here where, you know, you had to beg for promo copies. That all the labels were there, so they just come in and drop off boxes of stuff. So I would just go through and play different yeah. all day long. Put the sense that man, this can't be real. You know, there's no way this is a new band kind of thing. And he was playing like two nights later downtown, and a buddy of mine was opening up for him. No one knew who he was except for like five people that were clearly there to see him in this little place that held maybe. I don't know, 120 people or something mm. like that. And the opening bands got done and they had their backdrop up and they, you know, they're just a power trio. And everybody's scattered around the bar and no one's paying attention. And I swear to God, and I've never seen this, but maybe once or twice in my entire life, within the first minute and a half, he had every single person's attention. Everybody was down front. None of these people, other than those five dudes, even gave a shit that he was playing a minute and a half earlier. And it was wall to wall everybody's t- crammed in as tight as they could be for the hmm. rest of their set it was absolutely badass I thought man I don't even know how that happens I don't know how you make that happen what he just did these people don't know these songs by the end of it he had an entire room of fans hmm. that's heavy dude you can't people just can't put, I mean there's no pyro there's no special shit happening yeah, right. just a shitty dingy rock club with half the PA working you know <clears throat> I can't do that shit well, that's of course, I never smacked my eyeball out of my head either. So. <laughs> well, I guess we can see where I might be going wrong. You might just try that. I'd I mean, what's another surgery? Yeah, one thing. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Hard. <laughs> you might um, like the whole going under the knife thing. So. I know, man. I didn't think you guys would have anything to say on my five, so I guess that's cool. We were excited for your Brent five. Brent told maybe. me I had to say nice things about your five. Oh. He said you're really oh. sensitive. Oh. I gave him money. <laughs> 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 what do you think those two bottles of wine? Were? Yeah, they were yeah. wrapped in <laughs> wrapped in dollars. And there stuff. was fucking bills wrapped around dollars. Huh. Shit, man, you think he's that cheap? I don't know, man. This is the guy that wrote from the dark, man. Humpbox. Yeah, yeah. He's on you know who I am? <laughs> uh, the motivational speaker. <laughs> Teach you how to play <coughs> basketball like a motherfucker. You know how hard it is to motivate a motivational speaker? <laughs> you know how much? What kind of money it takes <laughs> to actually I motivate talk myself somebody? out of bed every morning, man? 
So is it my turn? Is that what we're uh, is that where we're yeah. at? Yeah, we're ready for Brent Stortzum's top five albums of 2019. All right. Well, here we go. Number one, White Reaper, You Deserve Love. I know we've mentioned this about 100 times now. Maybe it's yeah, five, yeah. but I don't know. But yeah, that's just a great goddamn, just a great goddamn album. So like I already kind of mentioned, like the Fags was the first band that kind of came to mind when I heard them. I think the dude's voice just kind of reminds me of that dude a little bit, you know? Yeah, I can hear that. So it just kind of reminded me of some of the early 2000s, like power pop stuff that came out. Um, like them and Head Automatica and some of those bands. And It's a very... They somehow managed to tastefully use keyboards too, right? Which is, you know, that not always the easiest thing to do for that kind of pop. Yeah, and it's really well placed on that record. I I think. Yeah, no, it was just solid front to back. I mean, there's not a dud on it. So, um, and I, the weird thing who, was, you have it sitting there. Who produced that? I record? do have it. Yeah, I actually curiosity. To be the nerd is Dave Cobb. No, not no. this one. To be the nerd that I am, I was like, oh. Oh, well, you got all I five own of my, I own my out. top five on vinyl, so I'm going to pull them out so I can sit here and Jay Joyce. Oh, Jay really? Joyce was the producer, yeah. Well, he's a Nashville guy, too. That's weird. They're a Louisville band, so <coughs> I don't know. The weird thing but with them is that I don't know how I did not know about them. Oh, you're going to spoil the surprise, Andy. Oh, no. I was it's like they're they're a couple hours away from us. I'm like, I've never heard of these guys until a couple years ago. And I can't remember. Yeah. I found them on, like, maybe on another podcast or something. And I mentioned them. And Kenny's like, oh, yeah. I think Paris listens to those. And I was like, okay. So I looked them up. Sure enough, they've been around for a while. We've never done shows with them. Never been anywhere near where they've, unless they, if they played Nashville, I missed it every single time. Hmm. And then I think with the name, I would have thought they were like a metal band or something, too. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of a weird... It looks like Air Supply or something. They don't sound yeah, like it's unfortunate. the name. But yeah, I mean, it's a great power pop yeah. album. I mean, the best power pop record short of the Donny V thing, which I, I put it right up there with that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Which I'll just jump ahead. That's a good segue. Um, Donny V, Beautiful Things, was also on my list, so... We'd like to thank our sponsor, Donnie <laughs> V. Donnie V and White Reaper. <laughs> and uh, Deco Records for yeah. uh, making well, this show possible. That wasn't my order, although my order was not technically my... Uh, wasn't really how I ranked them, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, the Donnie V record is just a true testament to how important he was and obviously the classic Enough's Enough sound. I mean, yeah. you hear that and you hear the stuff that Chip's putting out now. And... Yeah. Uh, it's just silly <laughs> like yeah. to try to listen to the quote unquote you know enough's enough records I mean the new enough's enough stuff is perfectly well executed and those guys are great players and stuff but the spirit yeah the magic the, yeah those, those songs man Donnie's a machine you know right doesn't always run right but yeah sometimes you gotta you gotta you kick know. him yeah. <laughs> you gotta smack it with a baseball bat to get it fucking firing on all cylinders. Definitely has a couple faulty parts, but yeah, I'm with you on those, both of those for sure. Yeah, so I mean, those are kind of, I, I was gonna go in a different order just because I didn't, you know, necessarily want the two power pop records on my, on my list to go back to back, but hey, whatever, there's well, no fucking, are. there's no rules now here, so, it, so now I've done it. There goes my momentum. I don't even know what to do now. God damn it. I need As another Brent drink. Comes to put the genie back in the bottle. <laughs> so to go uh, 
kind of in a different uh, direction. I'm going to throw Sturgill Simpson's Sound and Fury on there, which was an odd one because when I first heard it, I kind of was like, I didn't know what to think of that record, you know? I haven't been able to get right with it yet. It was so different and not... I don't know. I think that so many people when it first came out were just kind of sucking its dick way too hard because he's kind of one of those artists that... And I love him. I'm not even like downplaying yeah, no, his talent, too. but... I feel like with that last record, it was so fucking good, and he he has fans that are so diehard that at this point he could just like shit into a microphone and people would be, you know, kissing his ass over it. No, he didn't. No, and and the thing is, when I first heard it, I think my biggest problem was the song they put out. Um, and why am I drawing a like blank? Sing along, sing along. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To me, I heard it and I was like, God, this just is like, and even now, like it's far from my favorite like it's possibly my least favorite track on the record so it was like a weird choice for a single did you watch the film i didn't because i don't i'm not really into the anime thing so so i'm assuming you're not like a heavy metal the no i mean it's a lot like that that's what i've heard i I really dug it man i'm just not into that thing i don't know well dude has it occurred to anybody is it has the tour actually started yet i just keep wondering (laughs) i keep every time I, i i don't mind the record I mean, uh, I'm not. This is not me going. Well, Brent, you're wrong. Right. Well, all I want to know is, how the fuck is he going to mix the songs from those other records with that stuff? Is it going to be the same band that plays? I know. Because they're, they're they're so far apart in terms of Sonics and stuff. Yeah. I Maybe they've just them. turned into more of a rock band live over time. Well, because I, I, I did hear an interview where he kind of talked like that and said that when they were on the last leg of the last tour. It kind of started turning into that where they were kind of rocking well, shit up a little bit. Well, they lost that guitar player at the end too, who was my favorite part of the band, honestly, man. Besides yeah. the songs, that guitar player—he's in—I think he's in Driving and Crying now. But and that guy was ridiculously badass. And then he was just gone. And they yeah. were—and I think Sturgill was the only guitar player at the end of the tour. And I thought, well, how are they even doing that, man? Because that guy's. Right, Sturgill's not like a shredder. He's a good know. player, but like right. that guy was like next level. Like, what the hmm. fuck is he even doing up there? Yeah. And then on this record, there's really no need for that. It's all like super gained up, weird. Right. Like, you know, it's cool though. It's a odd. It's a grower. It's it, a definitely. I don't know how much more of a curveball he could have thrown people <coughs> than that. That last one was already enough of a yeah. What the fuck? Which I love that one. Yeah. And this one, I just at first. If you were to tell me two months ago when it came out that it was going to be on my list of top five albums for the year, I wouldn't. I would have, you know, well, I would have called bullshit. But it was. You were really mixed on it when we. I was. I was really torn. Like I didn't think I liked it, but it was just one of those things where every time I pulled it out, I was like, "Fuck, man!" I really liked it that much more every time I listened to it. You know. Well, what he needs to release instead of that anime thing is the footage from the. Warner Brothers boardroom when he played the record for people for the first time. Right. They pay to see the looks on those people's faces when they're like, right. okay, folks, we're going to everybody take a seat. We're going to cue up the new Sturgill Simpson record here and we're all going to give our thoughts on it. Can you imagine the... Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you had no idea what he was working on, like that other one had to be enough for them to be like, oh, shit, can we market this? Which, right. obviously, that ran into some hurdles, too. With right. The, but, man, that new thing, it's like, but he has what, to just what? not give a fuck. I mean, that's what's well, so commendable about it. it's a rock radio record, it. but it's like, man, the guy couldn't get on country radio to save his life because they wouldn't give him the time of day, and now he puts this thing out, and it's like, 
Shit, man. I mean, but I mean, maybe I can't wait for the dance record or whatever he's gonna put out. Paul Abdul covers record or whatever he's gonna do next, man. But he's got the whole Guy's world eating out of his fucking hand yeah. at the same time. You I know? thought it was gonna totally tank. He's doing two nights at Bridgestone Arena. Oh, dude. Yeah. So, okay. Oh, shit. United Center. Wrong, I mean, know? he's playing all these big venues, and I'm just like, I, I mean, I want to see him, and I want to see Tyler Childers. Although yeah. his new record was a letdown for me. I don't know if you I were a fan of. That yet. Yeah, I mean, it was okay. I like the single though. So moving on, I guess, where am I at? Uh, the Hold Steady, Thrashing Through the Passion. Yeah. <laughs> that one, it just was really, I mean, you obviously made the... No, I like, like it. I love it. Oh, you did like I, it. I thought... Oh, okay. No, I, I had a hard time not including that. I thought you were maybe kind of no, like, no, no, no. not... No, 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 no. give him shit. You're like, oh. Nope. That's what I thought, too. No, because that was like, and I actually... Um, Heaven Is Whenever was a really great record. Yep. I love that one. Um, what was... Uh, they had Stay Positive. They had Stay Positive wasn't really that good. What was the one. other one? Uh, something Teeth. Yeah. And I didn't care for that one as much either. But um, this one, teeth, to me... Teeth Dreams? Yeah, Teeth yeah. Dreams. I don't care for that one either. This one was like the return to Boys and Girls in America form. Well, the keyboard player's back. Yeah, too, and it just runs. a big part of their sound. It's like one of those things where it just runs. Like you put it on, and that motherfucker just goes like a freight train from yeah. one song to another. And you're like... It's his typical songwriting where every, like, you can just picture being in the song. It's I, a narrative. You're I just like, wonder if he got it, some of that stuff out of his system with his solo records, and then they reconvened, right? and they got back to doing what they do well, because you're absolutely right, man. It's like right. It's like they picked up where that record left off, right. and those other ones didn't. I mean, that's, that, those records were terrible or anything, right. but just not, they didn't have that focus. Yeah, I mean, Heaven is... Whenever it was like a totally different kind of record, but the thing is, those yeah. songs were really fucking strong. Unlike "Stay Positive" and "Teeth Dreams," I just felt like there just wasn't the songs. But yeah, this one, as a record, yeah, it's like you're saying, like, like it's the a guitar, focused it a guitar record or something. Like where they just let him do his yeah thing. But it's the great songs too. I don't know what it is about the other ones that didn't. You know, "Boys and Girls in America" was the record that like sold me. I mean, that was where I got into them. Yeah, modern rocks. Born to Run. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I remember getting that record and putting it on, and I must have played it five times in a row. Yeah. I couldn't get enough of it. I just sat there the night that I bought it and played it like five times in a row, drinking a 12-pack of beer like fuck, you know. It's it's like a movie, you know. It's it's and like then, one of those things. You did that all while driving around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, the memory of it. I mean. I can remember what street I was on, <laughs> what stop signs I blew right through, you know, what children I almost <laughs> ran over, but thank Folks, God I didn't. Complete, this is, this uh, is a joke. levity. We're not yeah. endorsing that type of behavior. Yeah, do not drink and drive. It does not end well. Um, Testify. Yeah. So, yeah, that, man, that was just a, and the thing that was fucked up about this record was the fact that I didn't know it came out until like two weeks it. after it came out. I was like, how the fuck did I not know about well, they this? Were doing the, they did like spot tour dates where they would do like a weekend in a town or something. Yeah. They did like three nights, I think. Um, I, and I was out of town. I missed it. But I didn't know it was coming out either. Because I, yeah. the thing was, man, oddly enough, I was just on like iTunes or Apple Music and they were these singles that had popped up. I was like, oh, I, didn't, I didn't even know they had any songs out. So looking at those led me to, uh, I don't know if it's Chris Shiflett's podcast, some podcast where yeah. he had Craig Finn on there and he's talking about, yeah, we finally got back and we're doing this thing and we're just kind of taking it easy. It's like, oh, 
So then, like a week later, I look, oh, well, shit, there's a new album too. Like they just, it's like just snuck. Yeah, out just kind of. I remember I was really pissed because it was like one of our first couple episodes of doing this. Yeah. And it was after we like recorded that episode, and For then that week. Yeah, and I was kind of like, what the fuck? That came out. Like I would have rather talked about that. He's a great writer, man. He likes to reuse a lot of the same stuff, does, but it never yeah. bothers me. It just feels like it's a sequel to a movie that. Well, because he's like, like charismatic. Little installments of a of a thing. Yeah. yeah, he's charismatic, and he has like a man. There's just like a quirkiness, and just you're absolutely right about them taking their. It's totally ripped out of the first two album, two three album oh, pages yeah. for sure. Yeah. Because he's it's basically he's talking his way through these songs. Yeah, he's you know, not. He you know, he's not really like a singer singer by any means. And Craig Finn kind of looks like an accountant or something too. He's like not. Yeah, he doesn't look like a rock-looking dude. You'd ever he doesn't. He looks like your fucking like uncle or something. Yeah. right? or like you know, just not that I know. I don't even know what your uncle looks like, but I'm just saying he looks like somebody's fucking uncle. So somebody's but be great, uncle. man. But he's you know they're great at what they do. He's great at what he does. And the um, new album is in Brent's top five. For 2019. So it's got to be good for something, man. Yep. Because I wouldn't just suggest bullshit, so. So, hey, last, but certainly not least, <coughs> although this was the one I was torn on, and not because it doesn't deserve to be in, you know, my elite top five, which is, <laughs> you know, more important than everyone else listening's top five, but the Wild Hearts Renaissance, man. You've had a reversal on this one? No, I like that one. I always liked that one. I didn't like the EP. Okay. I thought the EP was kind of weird, and I didn't care for that. It wasn't weird. It just was watered down. And to me, the EP just took, like, it's weird because it took, you know, Diagnosis off this record. Right. And then based on the EP, yeah. yeah. And I was like, and it was weird because it made me not like that song. For some reason, within the context of that EP, but in the middle of this record, it just works. Yeah. Like, when the EP came out, I was almost kind of hating on the song. Kind of like, I think I was full-blown hating on it. Like, ah, now I don't even like that song. And I think the video that they did for it just didn't sit well with me. I just didn't like it. Yeah, I think it worked for the record because it was part of the overall theme of the whole album and that whole mental illness thing. I felt like the EP tried too hard in that whole thing. Or maybe it just Well, they tried to make that single the centerpiece and then build off of it instead of making that (sighs) single part of a greater... Thing, I, yeah, I think you're probably right. <clears throat> I like the record. I, a lot of people complained about it being a like a flat line, like it was. It's super compressed and real. You know, those earlier Wild Heart records had a lot more. They were like the dynamics of them were right. more. This is like really it just runs in just one like direction. Fucking, you know, it's a freight train bearing down right. the whole time. Even the way it's produced, everything is really, really, but. Yeah, I really liked it because it was great heavy. songs, man. Yeah, because that EP stuff just reminded me of that. Like, it sounded like a different band from what I was familiar with. Like, it sounded almost like they're doing like a Motorhead thing. It was just like, well, they've done like that over the face. years too. Yeah, I mean, they've had some names. Was like, oh yeah, was, was like this uber distorted, just just sonic slop fest. There were great songs buried underneath it, but there was so much just wanted it gain to on top of it. Yeah, yeah, where it's just like, God, this is like brutally distorted. And it's like they were trying to make, like, challenge the listener to, I dare you to listen to this all the way through at high volume. Cause it was, <laughs> right. And, there's, and I remember when I got it, this is a true story, I worked at, uh, I still worked at Evergreen Square Co-op when it was there by Venture and stuff, which I guess that's yeah. not there anymore either, but I had to run the deposits to the bank. And I get, this is what a 
idiot fan I was. I ordered it on vinyl when it came out. I ordered, and this is all, all import, all European import. <coughs> I ordered the Japanese version of it. I ordered the European CD version of it. And I ordered it on a cassette. And my van had a cassette player in it. And then so you fucking hated it. <laughs> I popped it in. And, and I got in the singles. I got in the Urge single and Anthem before ahead of time. Those came out ahead of time. And, and they, you know, they always put the B-sides on, which then, which is what Diagnosis EP is. It's like one of those B-side collection <clears throat> things. Right. So I get it. And I've got this shitty Dodge van, minivan, that I play stuff way too loud in any way. And I'm driving to the bank with these deposits. And I had, uh, I guess it was Anthem, I think. Or maybe it was Urge. Whichever one has the bass drops in it. And I had it cranked up so loud that it it shut my stereo down. It it, it sounded like, it felt like my airbags deployed or something. It just like, (laughs) the first bass drop, I had it turned up as far as it would go. And it overpowered my, like it shut the system down. I was like, what just happened, man? For a second, nothing. And then it, my stereo turned itself down. Like, it's like it hit a governor or something and turned itself down (laughs) for the next one. And I was like, well, I don't even know what just happened. I never ever... I don't think I ever bought a rock record with a bass drop in it before. Right, which they did like later too. <laughs> yeah, it's like what the <clears throat> fuck just happened? What was the song? They did a song a couple, a few records later that had. Oh no, it was on Must Be Just Destroyed, right? It's a, yeah, it's a Vanilla Radio. Vanilla Radio, yeah, yeah. The second version of it, the mixed remix version of it for the album has it. Yeah. Because yeah, I remember listening to that the first time, and it was just like yeah. Needless to say, my Dodge Caravan did not have a bow system, a in it, so <laughs> right. it was not equipped for this shit. And I about destroyed the stereo. But anyway, I digress. So we are officially done with the albums of 2019. It's a good time, isn't it, eggnog people? If you haven't had it, what are you waiting for? Okay, top five <laughs> albums of the decade. <clears throat> this <clears throat> could have been really hard. I didn't allow it to be hard for myself. I shot from the hip on this one. I was like, I'm not, I'm just going to do it. And the five that come to mind, and I'm going to roll with it. So I don't know, Mr. Smith, if you want to lead off. I will. Unless you want to change the order, but I feel like we got something going here, so. Okay, well, what's weird about this, I feel like if it's, if we're going to, I want to do this one kind of in some kind of order. You want to change it up and each of us do one? And we then need you go that, back because yeah, I have cool. a feeling that you and I there's there's one that some overlap. I have a feeling there's one that we're both. Yeah, gonna have. I guarantee. There's one, one that just to me was like, <sighs> yeah. I think there's I'll, only there's probably only one, but yeah. I, I think so that. too because I kind of threw some stuff in there that I went more diverse in styles. I think on this list, and not really on purpose. It just like I said, like I shot from the hip, and the mm-hmm. five that came to mind first, I kind of. Do you have an honorable? Uh, honorable uh, why is that such a hard word to say? Honorable mention? You know what? I don't. I mean, I could probably think of a couple. Um, actually, there was one that I almost one. kicked yeah. one off. Uh, the winery dogs. The, the first, first one? one. The first, first one was good. good record, yeah. Yeah. I would say if I, if I had honorable mention, and because I almost took one of these off and put it on there, was the Ryan Adams self-titled record. I because had, that was really... Uh, the the not the prisoners the last one the one before the that. one before the one that sounds yeah. a lot like Tom Petty yeah the, including Ben Montage playing <laughs> on the opening track right that is a great record it is a great record right. and it was his in my opinion it was his best since oh that was one of those <sighs> right the first time I listened to it was like oh man this is the shit oh it's so fucking too. good dude. His, the like, prisoner took me 
a lot yeah. of listens. And to I like really the B sides food. from Prisoners yeah, more than I do. See, I like Prisoner like right away. <clears throat> I did than man. even Ryan Adams. My buddy Adam was like, man, I really like, and which is weird because I didn't even think he was a fan per se, but he. Uh, we're, it's okay to talk about Ryan Adams now, isn't it? He's not. I think it's yet or fine. Yeah, I mean, he's Star still a ladies. great songwriter. I mean, I'm yeah, wearing a Ryan you know. Adams shirt, so there well, you go. That's you need to get out of here, man. We can't be seen with you. <laughs> got reputations. Up I've got the uh, the Ryan Adams signature reverb pedal sitting over there. Yeah, you wait until they. I did. Deal. I did. I was like, fuck, look at that. Swooping in like a vulture, man. Oh, yeah. You know what, though? I had been thinking about buying that for right since it came sale. out. And then the motherfucker went like, it was like $80 off the price. You know what's really sad, though, dude? It's, it wasn't just that because I remember like the week after it happened, people were trading in. Oh, dude, yeah. This album, like, like really, it was like burning the Bee Gees and hating disco all of a sudden on Ryan Adams. Which, yeah. you know. Yeah, but yet, at the same time, I don't want to go weird with this, okay? <laughs> but, like, did everybody go out and burn their copies of Thriller? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that new documentary surfaced on HBO, and obviously people already knew these things about Michael Jackson prior to that. I'm not trying to go real dark here, but I'm just saying, with Michael Jackson, everybody has managed to kind of be like, okay, separate the art from the artist, right? Like... Well, Ryan Adams never went, has no cer- certified diamond albums. Well, Brent. I'm just saying. <laughs> Ryan, you can separate. Ryan Adams' career is not the piece of you know cardboard that is propping up the lopsided record industry table. You know that's what I'm true. That is you true. take Michael Jackson out of the equation, we got some problems, man. That's true. I mean, the, America c- could collapse. <laughs> you know? No, you're right, but that is where it's kind of fucked up, like... Yeah. If Ryan Adams was the hot household name that Michael Jackson was, living it for sure. Yeah, that is no All right. shit. So enough honorable men. Did you Wait, have? Oh, I didn't have. You I have. Didn't say um, I had uh, John Moreland's High on Tulsa. Ah, that almost made my list. That was another one. That almost made the. Yeah. Was really close to the, uh, and I did a last minute rejiggering on this one too and moved something around. Yeah, I'll explain why that didn't make mine, but I, I suppose intentionally. The first five that I came up with were different enough where I wanted to keep it that way. Right. I didn't want to lean too far into like the singer-songwriter type records. Right. I wanted to have some diversity on my list. And so that's why that one kind of... That one and the Ryan Adams one, actually. Um, I just kind of had to say, no, I'm going to stick with my first five that came to mind. So, But that was a great record. Mm-hmm. So anyhow... Now for your official. Oh, if you okay. want to start so are we, off with, so we're gonna work backwards then, or do we just do it random? I didn't really go. I mine aren't really in a. Mine kind of are in order because there is one that to me is like the okay the motherfucking record of the decade, if not the millennium at this point. So well, I'm just gonna kind of jump. I'm gonna jump around. Then. <clears throat> My one of mine, and um, I like pretty much everything this guy's ever done, solo and with the with Delamitri, But Justin Curry, what is love for? Oh yeah. Um, is a that's a absolute you know masterpiece masterclass in lyrics um melodies uh if that if it doesn't break your heart man you just don't have one man there's a couple songs that are just like crushing and all redeeming at the same time it's that's a that probably is my yeah, favorite of his fantastic. as well yeah he's he's I mean I think I think a lot of great records since then, but nothing stuff, has but... quite got that one that was just like so distilled that 
whatever. I don't know what he was going through or if, he, if it was all just stuff that he just conjured, but that is a powerful, powerful album. Hmm. Yeah. Andy? I'm going to uh, preface my list of five by saying God damn, that... God damn, preface a lot of <laughs> Um, I don't think these are the five best of the decade. Well, your, your favorite. But yeah, they're my five favorite ones, and I feel like this last decade, like, my taste in music changed a lot, because I had Dream Theater, you know, before, and I talked about them. It seemed like I was, like, into Metallica for a long time. I was into Dream Theater, so I was into all this metal stuff. Then, like, hanging out with you guys, it kind of opened up my, like, taste in music a little bit. So, like, maybe it... Stop sucking. Yeah. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, I was going to say change for the better, but yeah, like it opened it up a little bit more. But also, I, I'll just I had another that. friend. There is no judgment here, Andy. Who I talked to about music. <laughs> and uh, he kind of brought me back to Jimmy Eat World. I listened to, what was it, 2001 was Bleed American. Mm-hmm. But they kind of fell off the radar for me. And this one friend of mine was saying... That Jimmy Eat World's his favorite band. So I checked out Invented, and I really liked the album, and it kind of brought me back to, I guess, mm-hmm. being a fan. So I don't think I like it more than Surviving, <coughs> but because that album kind of brought me back, I was going to put Invented as my first one. Well, that's crazy, because I don't even know that I own that. And I don't remember why. I don't know if it just... There was something that happened after Futures, right? I stopped. Futures was the shit. Yeah, to me, I, they everything they put out. out. I was like, I don't, I didn't, none of them really grabbed me, so maybe I have to go back and revisit that. That's... Yeah, because I think they had Futures, and there was Chaseless Light, which yeah, was really poppy. I, I bought that one, and I didn't, I didn't like that one. Yeah, so much. So that, yeah, I think that's kind of lost me. Yeah. Invented. Uh, is invented. It's, it's, it's something you might like. There's some kind of like stripped down songs, but then there's some more that are like maybe the pop rock kind of. I'm gonna be honest with you. I own it, and I don't even remember what's on it. Yeah. So. I don't and I remember when it, I went man. to go buy the CD from Co-op, Dustin was in there at the time, and I even got like a seven-inch, like a single. Maybe it was some promotion when you bought the album, you got like a single. Yeah, because I had something. those. There, there were two of them actually. I have two different ones. Yeah, I had. Uh, I think my best theory was a single, and I think Stop was the B-side. But this was like months after it came yeah, out, so I don't know if a, you yeah. just. I remember those being a promo thing, yeah. I think, and I think I still have both of them. I'll have to revisit that then. Cool. Yeah, there's one song on there called Cut <coughs> that's like, I think too, because I was like kind of trying to get over a girl, and there's a song on there where she's basically like, the girl in the song is telling the guy like, hey, like I'm done with you. And I was like, oh shit. Oh, man, it's kind of deep. So Smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Run! Is it me? Yep, you're up. I'm up? Okay. So, first one I'm going to mention is The Damn Wells Self-Titled. Oh, yeah. It was just a solid pop rock thing. I mean, it just... Is that the one that had the birthday song on it? Yeah. It's just like the Dawes album cover? Yeah. Yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah. And we saw him at the Firebird on that tour. Yeah. uh, Down in St. Louis. It's a great record. Yeah, dude, it just... Just it has Con Texas and stuff on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great. Love and shiny things. Yeah, it's a great opener. I mean, the first song, just right out the gate, just hits you like, God, man, that's like the best pop song I've heard in years. And then it moves into the next best pop song. I mean, it just doesn't stop. And even the silliness of the 
what's the Kill Me song where he's talking talking about the Kardashians Kardashians and shit. It's like so funny and it's silly, but yet at the same time, it's like great, you know? Is that the tour when Mike Dunn opened for him when you saw him? He played with them. Yeah, he He was like their auxiliary guy. Yeah, he did like an acoustic. One of you guys, you or Dustin, turned me on to Trapper Shep's thing. No, I'd seen him. Trapper Shep. I saw him on the previous tour with them. He was the opener, I think. No, Harper Blim was on the previous tour. Wow. But, um, but I got the, Mike Dunn's but, record that he put out. They were giving it away at the shows. Like they yeah, were copying yeah. the tables. I was like, yeah. oh, this is the shit, man. He didn't have the physical copies yet when we saw him. And but he uh he messaged me and sent me like a link to yeah. it when it came out and everything. And that was a great fucking record. That it was is a like great record. Right up it was there a trip with this because record. it was he they they played a uh, like a radio show, like a live taping thing that was going out uh, on Lightning One Hundred. In uh, in Nashville, and they did they do these live at this club called Third and Lindsley, and he put them on every table before the show, and after the show, half the shit was just still there. I thought, man, people don't even. I'd already heard it because you guys had hit me to it, so I already right. had I'd gotten a little download code from one of you guys, yeah. and I was because they were like on cards or something, and I was like, how do you you just gonna leave? I scooped a bunch of them up and gave them to people. Like yeah, that was a great fucking record, it was man. A fantastic album, man. I don't remember. He just did, was it just one song? Yeah. He just did did like one song song acoustic by himself, I think, in the middle of their set when we saw him. But dude, the weird thing was that night, Trapper Shep, man, like they were all these, I don't know how old he is really, but he's young. They look like college kids. Yeah, they're like obviously younger than us. Douchebags or something. I know. They kind of came in. Well, they just kind of looked like these kind of hipster, like too cool for school. They did. Yeah, I was going to say, the same thing with Harper Blinn on the previous. There was like three different openers. But then, yeah, like Trapper Shep and his band were like these young, kind of pretentious looking shitheads hanging out in the bar. And I'm just kind of looking at these guys the whole time, like, who are these fucking kids, you know? And then they got up there. And I remember they like start doing like a sound check. Yeah. While like the crowd's there, like a bit tedious of one to where it was kind of wearing on me. Like, God, fucking these fucking guys. Like, I was just kind of pissed. Like, I didn't even want to watch their set. And then they fucking started like their set and fucking ripped the roof off the place. Like, I could have just gone and seen them play and gone home because they really, it was, it was one of the best openers. Like, you know. It's kind of rare you go see a band and have an opener that really just, like, knocks your dick in the dirt. Yeah, most bands don't try and choose those people as their openers. Yeah. Really- <laughs> you know, and I mean, obviously, the Damwells came out and yeah, fucking killed yeah. it. I mean, it was one great song after another. Um, but I just, I, it won, Trapper Shep won me over as a fan. Not to get too far off topic, but, like, I've seen him now. He opened up for Frank Turner. Yeah, he's played around here and twice, he and it's just up, been yeah, acoustic, right? Frank Turner, and it's just been him acoustic. Oh, he probably can't afford to, you know... I mean, we all know how it is. Like, he's not a household name. He's not yeah, it's making a bunch of fucking bank. The... It's probably just cheaper for him to go out in a fucking car with an acoustic guitar in yep. the back seat and do his thing, but... Um, but, yeah, damn well. That's good. Self-titled. Great record. So if you haven't heard it, go fucking hear it. Dennis? Well, I might as well just go ahead and do the direct segue then. Um, I had Dan Wells' One Last Century as the... Nice, and not necessarily because it's their... It, but it's just the first one that I was turned on to. And um, What was that, 2010? Was that right at the start yeah, of Yeah, probably. It's the one... I mean, it was the album right after their epic record. It's the one right. rounder that was the... After they, you know, the whole debacle of their label... You know, jacking them around and 
so on and so forth. But um, yeah, that's a cool record too. It's though. got a lot of great. I mean, because um, really they had three, Midnight, I guess, in the last decade. Uh, Fifty five pictures, all that stuff. There's just so so many great songs on that that you know. And I, the only reason I somebody t- told me to listen to this, said they remind me of you guys. Some some fan at a show I'd never met this woman before. And she brought a burned copy of it and gave it to me. And then Dustin did almost the exact same thing <laughs> like a month later. And I thought, this is uh, like, I, I guess I should listen to that. And I popped it in. I was like, wow, this is, uh, yeah, this is right up my alley. And I immediately went back and bought everything before that and have bought everything since, including all of his solo stuff. But yeah. that one has just stuck with me, I guess, just because it was the first, you know, one, the first yeah. one. And there's so many great songs on that, you know. Because the one after that, I think, is when I got into him. I don't even think I got into him then. I think that's no the, one listens to the band that's anymore. That's great, man. That she was, goes around as a... That's like the fucking hit that... that like, it should have been a hit. Like, yeah. how was that not a hit? I know. Yeah. yeah. That was the one oh, where, oh, I man, think at dude, that show, you were like, hey, like, see if they'll play She Goes Around. And I was like, play She Goes Around. And somebody's like, yeah, she does. Or oh, Alex like did. That. That's right. Yeah. I remember that because... <laughs> I was on a kick where I just would get drunk and tell you to shout things at the stage. <laughs> yeah. Every show we were we were at, I could just talk you into yelling whatever at this guy on stage. And yeah, I remember that because I was like, "Hey, tell him to play." She goes round, and you you yelled it, and he he just made some smart ass comment. Yeah. And they never played the song. Yeah. All right, mine uh, probably get a lot of. Um, Don't apologize. For it. But uh, I brought Taylor Swift into this yeah. fucking. Oh, episode, that might be coming so. up later. Maybe. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't blame you. Um, Alter Bridge uh, Fortress oh, from 2013. I did tell you the other day that my I knew Miles Kennedy would be on your list. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, you're like, oh, well, I'm not gonna have Alice Cooper and Miles Kennedy. And yeah. I, <laughs> I guess I kind of did. Uh, but this one, like, um, I don't know. It just has like a different vibe than their other albums and there's a song on there that like uh, every time there's some kind of like shitty thing in the news like a shooting or something like i always go back to one of their songs on this album called calm the fire so i don't know like the album just kind of like it's something i find myself going back to a lot for uh different reasons so it made my list for that I find myself running away from their records a lot. Like they're just one of those really bands that, like, I don't hate them, but I just can't get into them. I think we had this yeah. conversation when the last record came out. I just can't. Yeah, because you said you didn't think you'd ever listen to like a full All album, right. and I said, well, if you do listen to a full one, listen to is that the one that, that yeah? One, but I, yeah, I just really shouldn't thing. hack on them, man. I don't. I gotta be honest. I don't know that I've ever really, other than you sending me the occasional odd track that I just make mm. fun of just because I like picking on you. Um, I don't think I've ever really listened to them. I just don't. What they do is like so far yeah. a field from what I generally like that I guess I just kind of. Yeah, because like, I guess I was saying they are really kind of the radio rock, basically, especially the ones that get released as a single. Like, I think there's some song, Isolation, Addicted to Pain, the one from the album, like, Would You Rather? They all sound the same, and they are all like that. They just, like, to me, they're, what they their sound is what I. if, if Axe body spray had a sound. <laughs> That's nice, man. It, it would be. This just goes back to like our five finger death punch and monster and energy drink. Right, and exactly. Yeah. Mountain Dew. Yeah. And, uh, five finger death punch punch. Those things need yeah. a soundtrack too. You know? Right. So. Axe body spray. 
Axe body spray. Axe body spray. Well, I would have never thought of that, but... Yeah. Man, I would think that would have been more like a five-finger death punchy. Yeah, it's, it's... To me, man, and this is not... I'm not trying to blur the lines, but it's all kind of the same. Yeah. Yeah, like, this is what I guess I was trying to, like, uh, see that side of it. Once I see a, a, a Paul Reed Smith and a Mesa Boogie, it's just kind of what I... All this, they all start to sound the same. Yeah. Which, you know, that's... You know... It's one of those things, man. It's, yeah. it's all, like, again, it's all subjective. And right. there's people that go, <laughs> you just like Bruce get Springsteen. <laughs> right. You know, it's whatever, man. Yeah. Something for everybody. I yeah. just don't like it. I just, it's a little too macho for me. People will listen it's to it right. and say, well, yeah. I don't know no, anybody. No. I don't know any of this shit that you're fucking talking exactly, about. Exactly, man. And and that's, that's the thing. thing. If, it, if, it, if it grabs you, it grabs you. There's no accounting for taste. Right. I mean, right. I don't, you know, I don't like pecan pie. You know, which is fucking absurd. A lot of motherfuckers love like pecan, pecan pie. pie. You know, so that's just it's personal taste. You know, hmm. Brent, you're next. I'm next. Okay, so I'm going off in a different direction a little bit here, um, away from the power pop thing that I kind of had on the last pick. But the Deftones Diamond Eyes. Oh yeah, that that's just a great fucking metal record, dude. Like. I mean, I don't. I know it's not your cup of tea. I've never heard. I've literally never heard. Yeah, I heard. Couldn't tell you one thing about it. Yeah, no, it's a great. I mean, I like the Deftones. Anyhow, if I was gonna say there's any band that from that era of uh, you know the new metal genre that still holds up, in my opinion, it's the Deftones. But I think that's because they are really unique. Like, if you think about it, like how many bands came out after Corn and sounded like Corn. And I don't think the Deftones, like, I don't think there's another band that sounds like them. Because nobody else can sing as out of tune as that guy. Yeah, but, you know, but he's just got a thing. I mean, they, they just have a no, thing, No, I know what you're man. saying. I, I love, I, I really love White Pony. There's, they they yeah. have, I, I'm not without appreciation for them. I just never heard that record, man. Dude, it's, to me, I actually like it. If there's any record of theirs that it's, that you could compare it to, it is White Pony. I actually like it better than White White Pony. I have to be the right headspace for them, but I, I do appreciate yeah. what they do. Great, they're all great players too. No, it's I don't know, man. Front to back, there is not a dud on year that was fucking that? record. Uh, this was two thousand. Is this their last record? Fourteen. Yeah. Is that the last? No, one no they've that? had two since. Okay. And the last one, Gore, I didn't care for at all. It came out a couple of years ago, and oh. I was not... I think you're right. I think it was like 2012. Diamond Eyes is, to me, the epitome of just a great fucking Deftones record, man. Hmm. It's got just some of the really heavy shit from, like, the first couple records, and then some of just the really polished, nuancy, spacey hooks hmm. of White what Pony. Why don't you each send me one track from Ultra Bridge and one track from that... <laughs> And I will I will give them a fair shake. Your favorite song from each record. Fair. I enough. probably still hate them, but I'll give it a shot. I, was I, can't, I can't commit to a full album listen of an Ultra Bridge <sighs> thing though, man. Deftones maybe a bit Ultra Bridge. The one thing with Deftones that I like is, I know they're a metal band, but I like their softer stuff like Digital Bath, and then even like if I do listen to them now, I like their covers. Like they did that um, Drive right um, by the Cars. I didn't care for the cover yeah, of that. I'm the not going to lie, but that's a I tough song, man. From Duran Duran. I don't know. Like, I go to for their covers, I think, more. Hmm. Like, I'm weird. That is weird. Do you guys know that anyways? As much. Was, was, was that? You do always try to, like, yeah. <laughs> Andy's top ten Kiss songs are, like, 
nobody else's top ten yeah. Kiss songs. So, which we there we should probably just have an episode where you just talk about your top it's ten. Your damn top ten, man. Have whatever you want. That's what's yeah. supposed to go, right? Yeah, it's our show. So that's true. Yeah. So fuck you, people. Yeah. You don't like it? Stop listening. Please don't stop listening. Seriously, yeah. we need some sponsors. Nobody's gonna. <laughs> Sponsor us if you people don't listen. Christian Brothers Brandy. There it is. All right, we're down to the final three. Dennis. Um, which ones haven't I done yet? Oh, okay. Um, I'll bounce around a little bit on these then again. Uh, this one I know he's not super well known. He's had hit. Other people have covered his songs and had hits with him. He hasn't really had any real hits himself, hmm. but um. This album, for whatever reason, is this is be. I would almost put this in my number one spot, but it just got nudged out. Um, Travis Meadows killing Uncle Buzzy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is a. I like everything he's done. Well, I like ninety-seven point eight percent of what he's done. The record after that is fucking brilliant. The too, Last man. Cigarette. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. He, I, we just saw him about two months ago, and he did a couple new songs that were great too. But. Um, so I don't think he's gonna let up anytime soon. But yeah. he, there was a period. There's an early record of his that has a couple. He has a song he does live called "Black," that is one of his best songs. But unfortunately, the recorded version of it is not as powerful as the the way he does it live. Hmm. <clears throat> so um, he really need, you need to, anybody that hasn't seen him and has the opportunity <coughs> to him should go out of their way to do so because his live. Uh, shows are they're fantastic man he's he's really it's really powerful it's usually just him and one guy you know playing pedal steel or you know whatever the auxiliary instrument is it's great man but that record is man just cuts you right you know hits hits all the right spots man it's great yep yeah no I can get behind that one Almost feel bad that his stuff's not on my list now because that one last cigarette record. Well, he that, also I too for anybody like that more. is a fan of the song "Riser" by Dirks Bentley. Oh yeah, do yourself a favor, listen to his and version. immediately go find his version. If I were Dirks Bentley, I would uh, make a beeline for my own asshole with my head and just stay in there <laughs> because that his, it is so right. piss poor and watered down by comparison. Yeah, that I'm sure Travis is happy to cash those checks, but. Anyway, that obviously goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, I was thinking about my top ten kiss songs. <laughs> oh, well, you can proceed with your top. Wendy has already we migrated to, to another episode. Yeah. At this yeah. point. He's, he's already up behind. He's already mentally right. You got to think next... about season two, right? That's so, true, man. Uh, my next one is one that we've already kind of talked about. You guys had talked about this album like a lot. Oh. You guys and Dustin and Just Brian, blaming and Chris, us. and I was like. Man, I've never heard of this guy before. Can it really be that good? But then I listened to it, and it was. It was Ryan Adams' uh, self-titled. Oh, there you go. And, uh... I was foreshadowing earlier when I brought it up. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, that, like how I was talking about my style of music kind of changing. Right. Like, that, it, it seemed kind of like a... Yeah, how you said, like, Tom Petty... Yeah. And there's kind of a Bruce Springsteen thing, I think, like, a couple of them yeah. sounded like him, too. Yeah, he's got the real reverby thing going on on that record. Yeah, he doesn't like, drench that like album, fire. man. That thing yeah. is so freaking wet with verb, it's crazy. But yeah. it's great. 
Yeah, they it were. Just, yeah. And they, mm-hmm. they kind of dragged that over into The Prisoner. Right. But, uh, yeah, like, it kind of seemed like that one part two. Than the, yeah. You know, yeah, it does feel like a, like a continuation, kind of. But He was, like, definitely on a kick there where he was using, like, the... Well, I mean, right now, the, the, the Butch record that he produced is the same way. Yeah. That's absolutely drowned in that stuff. He was big on the Strat through a Princeton mm-hmm. with a reverb cranked to fucking 11, you know? Just Maybe the 1989, the Taylor Swift one, that one was probably more like Springsteen. I, I don't like his version of that record. I like the Taylor Swift record. Although Denny might make the fart sound. Over the top of <laughs> that, that too, but I gotta be. I think once again, I've, ne- I've just never heard it, but I've heard the. I, I have that Ryan Adams one. It's, it's. I mean, it's. It's all right. It's just. I thought it was overhyped, and I would take yeah, a I version of those. Songs I liked it any day. Just everything. He just made everything. To drop it to a minor key is all he did, but. <clears throat> yeah. You know. <coughs> but yeah, that was my third one, Ryan Adams. That's a good call. Good call. It was a good call. Because like I said, that was almost, and actually it, you placed it really well because the one that I almost kicked off to put that in its place was Foo Fighters, Wasting Light. Oh, shit. That, that, man. Because to me, that's my favorite Foo Fighters record. There's just something about it, like there's just more grit on that fucking record than anything else. There's more, like, color in the shape, I really like, some really strong songs. One by one, I really like. There's some strong songs, but it's kind of heavier on like the grittiness and the heavy, you know, like there's yeah. just something about the style. Like I think the style of that record kind of outweighs the songwriting a little bit, but there's still some good songs on it. But like Wasting Light is the perfect combination of those two things. Mm-hmm. I I just felt like yeah, that it's was like a Foo like, Fighters buffet where they did all the stuff that they do well. They created right. one of the songs. Yeah, like, it was like that moment where Dave actually had like lightning in a bottle when mm-hmm. he wrote that fucking record. They took everything they were fucking great at, and I feel like every record as a result of this, every record since has been a letdown. And I like some of the stuff since it just mm-hmm. uh, it's like, it's like everything they put out since that record. I listen to it and I go, it's good. It's just not quite wasted. I think light. they set the bar really high with that one too. Like that that whole year with the documentary stuff. Yeah, they, they were on could fire. Could do no wrong. Yeah. yeah, and then it was like they tried to follow that up because they even said it in interviews where they try and find a unique way to launch every record. It's like, man, you're not gonna. Those no. aren't all gonna be home runs, man. Yeah, they you just kind of need to go away yeah, and come back that, as like, like <laughs> you know something different. Well, they keep they say they're going to, and then that like two years later they're yeah because they're too fucking big, man. Yeah. I mean, there's just too much money to be made. And yeah, for sure. They like doing what they do, so they want to be on tour. They want to play live. Yeah, and they are great live. If you've never seen the Foo Fighters live, man, it's like he's not yeah. like a great live singer, but he's a great front man. It's just a likable dude. I know, you know. Well, I know your drummer Kenny would he, <laughs> beg to argue that one. He, I don't know that he has any problem with him. Uh, yeah, except uh, that he, he has just thinks he's overexposed. He just thinks he's, yeah. he's just kind of sick of it. Because yeah. I mean, yeah. let's face it, you could do a documentary on you know buttermilk pancake mix, and Dave Grohl's going to show up. And yeah. say, <laughs> <"Buttermilk> pancake mix. <laughs> Motherfucker's yeah. an expert on everything yeah. apparently because uh, he's in every documentary that's ever been made. So. I do get it, but I just think he's just that energetic of a character I don't think he's like a poser I just think he's like no really just a fucking he's just into it Mm -hmm. that much to where he wants to say what he wants to say but and he's so likable that 
Well, he any... fucking loves pancakes, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> let him have his say. You know, shit, you know, his aunt Jemima was the original aunt he's, Jemima. He's got a whole collection of the original. <laughs> you didn't know that, did you? Yeah. Um, I don't know all the studio. <laughs> I mean, this would be the one thing that Andy fact checks after the episode. Dave Grohl, Aunt Jemima. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know all the studio stuff that you guys know because I don't know anything about writing albums. But like with the Wasting Light, though, like I can at least tell that that they filled out the sound more because they had that Pat Smear, they had another guitar player on there, they had the Chris Novoselic guy, that Bob Mold was on there. They were doing a lot more stuff. Yeah, the Bob Mold vocals on that. Oh yeah, dude. Cool too, man. That Dear Rosemary so song. Oh yeah. my god, that's a great hook. When they do the back and forth thing at the end. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. That's I'm not actually, a huge Who's Do fan or anything, but his voice is like instant. No, like, just, yeah, that's yeah. That's you know right. Yeah, yeah there's just some that have that. Yeah, uh, they just stand out instantly recognizable. Right. I think too for me with that album, like, cause that one probably would have made my list had I done, cause I think I played that album maybe the most uh, this decade. Uh, but something that stands out to me is that documentary, cause there was something with the radio station where they gave away tickets uh, for that documentary, and then what they did is I think it might have came out the week before the album. So it was at Landmark or, or, I don't know, wherever theater. But they had the documentary. Then there were supposed to be the guys in the studio playing the whole album in its entirety. So you got to hear it before it came out. Oh, that's cool. And it was supposed to be in 3D, but the 3D thing was broken. <clears> so it all looked like it... It just looked like a <laughs> double like image. Up, yeah. yeah. Well, the thing but, was, too, like, when you go back and listen to that record now, even, you're just like... Like, you can just feel that they really fucking played their asses off. Mm-hmm. Like, they were just on fire. Yeah. Like, they were... I don't know. It, it just feels like they had something to prove when That's they cut also, that record. The thing that sucks, too, man, is I felt like... And this is not... Because it's hard to maintain that, man. Let's face it. Most bands don't get... If you get a two-album run, that's a, a success today. But, like, if you think about that album, that documentary, that whole two, two-and-a-half, three-year... They were, I mean... The live DVD that came out that was attached that was at Wembley or whatever that they right. used, you know, so they've got all that Sonic Highway show and, and then, yeah and then that but then that didn't <coughs> live up that album's the documentary was way better than the record. yeah the album's really pretty forgettable yeah I was um, not which a fan. they had fucked up before that stupid Skin and Bones acoustic record I didn't care for that wipe your ass yeah. with the moment that didn't need to happen the In Your Honor record that was like the double disc yeah thing. and that's the disc one it was great was pretty fantastic I mean, yeah. those two. Yeah. Utterly forgettable. Didn't, didn't need mm-hmm. it. But they, so they've had missteps, but it just seems like on that, what was the last record called? The um, uh, Concrete and Gold was the most recent. Yeah. yeah. That one was solid, man. It's solid, but it sounds like them trying to be four or five other current bands. They've got their Imagine Dragons sounding song. Yeah. They've got their, it, that was the first time, the documentary, the second documentary, the Sonic Highways, I felt like they were just striving to do something yeah. unique. Yeah. yeah. That last album, it, that's the first time I ever felt like they were totally reaching to be relevant, like to be hip with what's going on now on the radio, right? And just keep their ass on the radio. And if you listen to Chris yeah. Shiflett's podcast, that Walk in the Floor, if you listen, it's, I it's, haven't it's listened great. To it, no. He has killer guests on there, but he addresses that. It's always kind of sideways, but he addresses. He's like, we know we're the old guys. You know, people ask us all the time. Uh, how do you guys, how are you still a rock and roll band? How do you still play arenas just as a bass, drums, guitar, rock and roll band? And that's apparently how they try and they've got to the point where it's like, well, if we want to stay 
here we're gonna have to do that. I don't think they need to, man. I think that they kept making albums like Chasing Light. I don't right. think they need to do that. They've already cemented their status with stuff like that. I, it just bums me out when I see bands. I don't, you know, I don't give a shit if Quiet Riot wanted to do it in 1987 or something like that. But this is a band that like they're they don't need to to do that. They don't need to kowtow to people or chase yeah. shit. You know, I mean, no. Motley Crue wants to do this because Motley Crue can't write a good song anymore. But right, because they haven't. You know, 20 plus years exactly it's like, so I get why they try and make lame dick records and stuff because that's what they're capable of doing but they cover Madonna yeah it's it's it. I, I <laughs> God, wish they would make one t- more great record that was just balls out like exactly like that album I yeah. wish I thought about that I didn't even consider that for this list they probably just like I said need to go away Oh yeah, uh, with, uh, with long the, enough to like get the itch to want to play like that again. Like it's well, yeah, you got to put gas in the tank, man. It's got to. They fucking wanted to play on that record. Yeah. They wanted. It was like they had something to prove all over again, you know. And they just played their asses off, and there was just grit in both the playing and the songwriting. Well, and sometimes too, man. It's just it's just a, it's just a fact of life, man. Sometimes you just hit your stride, you, you know. More, Andy. Sure. Um, with that concrete that and gold, though, I think I'd followed some of the uh, articles on it, and like I think maybe I hyped it up for myself too much because, like, I read some interview where Dave Grohl said that he's like, I want to make this badass album that's like Motorhead meets the Beatles. So I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. Like Motorhead was. Why did they put of... that one out then? Yeah. <laughs> but then after that. Then yeah, oh, I heard some of the singles, and I actually didn't like that run. I'm like, it sounds. I don't know. Kind they of had generic. one song that was really cool though on that concrete and gold. That there was one song that sounded like almost like nine inch nails. Yeah, it was real heavy. But it was good. It was the cooler song. Yeah. Uh, but then I he the he worked with was... some kind of. He said what he did was he worked with some kind of pop producer, somebody named Greg uh, Kirsten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's the guy that produced yeah, keep it. Talking about that, I'll be right back. Okay. So I think maybe I hyped it up for myself, and then I was like, I heard the album, and I'm like. This is not what I was expecting. Yeah, no, it wasn't the Motorhead thing. But then it's really I think it's I don't know how they do that stuff where you go I mean I guess it's easy. You could say when well, we're going to make it we're going to deliberately imitate this thing but yeah. You know, it's really hard to if you're not I guess if I wanted to sit down and make a record that sounded like Kiss, I could probably dial in the guitar yeah. tones and stuff, but if that's not your gig, if that's not what you do. Yeah. I, I just don't know how you I expect I mean I guess you could do it and it could be a really shitty imitation of it, but to do a really good, I don't know. I just don't like when bands do that. Period. I, I much rather this made the record that was in them to be made, yeah. kind of thing, and just let's let's chase this and see how far we can get with it. But anytime I see that, you know, they brought in such and such because they're I like they're trying to reinvent yeah, the wheel like, nah, and they don't, don't need to or something. That. I mean, I'm all for changing producers if you yeah. want to, even though I never do. But um, I just got I can't afford to produce albums other than by myself, but, you know, I don't see, I, I don't know, man, I, if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it kind of thing, it's just, let's just keep doing what you're doing, and they, they really, somewhere along the way, I mean, I might be totally overestimating the amount of effort they put into trying to sound like yeah. that stuff, but man, that sky as a neighborhood or whatever it was, that's totally got all the, yeah, it's, it's a, Imagine Dragon sound and it's got all the super verbed out gang vocal thing going on. It's like, okay, here we go. Yeah, those were the two singles, and I didn't really, I didn't really like them that much. But I think they sounded better live because they had like backing yeah, vocal sure. girls and stuff. 
But then, like, since I let the album sit, and I think I went back to it, yeah. then I listened to it again, and it it didn't sound like the Beatles Motorhead pop thing. It sounded more like them just morphing into, like, a classic rock band or something, because it sounded yeah. kind of Joe Walshy on a few songs. Joe or... Walshy. <laughs> Joe Walshy. I don't know how to describe I'm gonna it. I'm going to start using that from now. Eh, I don't know. That's, that's but then it makes sense, because then I was like, I saw them live, too, and I was like, well, how many rock bands out now have, like, an organ player yeah. and are doing stuff like that? So they've kind of just seemed like, yeah, we're the old guys, all right, we're... Well, you know that's that. a that's a thing that seems to happen to bands over time, man. They make albums, and they and I guess if you don't want to use tracks or something, but you know you see these bands that start out as a four piece band, and then they're a six piece mm. band, and then an eight piece band, and before you know it, they're all in the band photos, and there's two, three backup singers. Right. Now we got a violin player. It's like okay, well, I guess you can afford it. What happens when the, uh, <coughs> you know, you bomb a couple albums in a row, and it's you're back to clubs and. Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess we're going to have to let Greg and Larry go on this one. <laughs> get, get back down to just the four of us. And, you know. All right, so we had, what, yours third, Wasting Light? Was yes, I was last. Sorry, I had to... Oh, okay, so Sorry. I'm down to... I got two left. Um, okay, well, this one's a... Speaking of... But this guy was also in that documentary. Um, and this is an oddball one, and I, I, I'm fine with it. You can all suck it. Um, <laughs> Rick Springfield songs for the end of the world. Oh yeah, god damn, fucking slamming for a guy that's now what year seventy years old. That, that was two thousand ten, right? Yeah, ten or eleven. Yeah. That was the yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. That was a great record. That was a great power pop rock. Yep. Yeah. For a guy that's been around that long, I, that that one caught me. I mean, I've always liked his records, but that one really got me. Like, oh, this is sounds like. It's a really well-produced record. Right. Sounded like it should have been on the radio for its time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's I mean, great, <clears throat> great hooks, great performances. Band plays their asses off on it. He sings well on it. It's just and it's powerful. It's 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 a really, it's a for him a heavy record. You know? Oh yeah. What was the one song? The uh, the. I assume the single. Oh, our ship is sinking. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that, that song. Like, killer. Like, man. how is it not huge? I don't know. You hear that and you're like, "How the fuck is that not?" Because there's not. I guess he was only sixty something at that point. But now, yeah. sixty something guys getting pop radio hits, I guess. But right, you know. Yeah, yeah, that was a great record. That's a good call on that, man. There's some cool. I'm trying to think of the song too. I hate myself. Yep. Which was, you know, it was almost. Too... It could have been really cheesy. Yeah, it it was really cool. Like, Wait, even though he almost. I'm pretty sure it was on that one. That one's not on the... Because it was almost like he was ripping off Joan Jett, but, like, it didn't quite get... You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Okay. You listen to it, and you're like, is he ripping that song off, or does he? did he just stumble upon it? Like, he just <laughs> accidentally almost ripped it off? Well, I mean, it does... But it, it's so it, well executed, you don't care. You're just like, it's still its own song, and I'm, I like it. Well, he's generally... I mean, he's certainly not bulletproof, man. He's made his share of... Uh, whatever that last... Uh, the country record. The co- I don't. The last the blues, blues thing was okay. Yeah, the country one's got a couple really good songs on it, but it's not a. I, I think he m- might have gone a little too far afield to, yeah. to really stay on on mission. But then that one from last year, the orchestra record, is great too, man. To hear those songs with all that stuff going on. Yeah, um, I haven't actually listened to that. To be it's honest, great. With you, it, it, the thing about it is cool, and I almost, I almost put that on my albums for 2019 but the thing that's cool about it is you hear 
you know, you t- you take his songs at face value, man. It's just like, ah, it's just a bunch of pop songs. Man, those are really intricate They're arrangements. Well, yeah. It's, the lyrics are pretty clever. Even all the way back to the early records and stuff. Yeah. When you when they you start adding strings and stuff, and that stuff gets broken down, and you hear the moving parts, it's like, oh, well, okay, this guy's obviously more musically adept as an arranger than right. you would have given him credit for, because you just hear the stuff on the top, you know, the obvious hook thing. Right. But the underlying parts are, are pretty impressive, man. I tip my hat to old Rick. Hey, good songwriter, you know, good songwriter. I mean, and he's got a killer Star Wars collection too. So, yeah. <laughs> Andy, I think it's uh, I think you're up right. for your next Mine, to the last. The debut the album from Band of Skull or Band of Fuck? No, no, no. <laughs> Band uh, of Skull Fucks. I was gonna say the the debut album from uh, Band of Skulls came out in '09 because yeah. they just put out like the 10 year, so that. That's not. Eligible. I was trying to be silly, but then oh. I ruined it. Well, that's a great fucking record, man. So quit making fun of it. I, I love that. Can we album. back this up and edit it so Andy can do a. Uh, no, but this one is probably just as bad. You're gonna get. Um, you're gonna give me shit. It's ghosts. Uh, I think it's pronounced Meliora. Well, it doesn't count if you can't pronounce it. No. Disqualified. <laughs> yeah, you just. Uh, you don't get. Oh uh, well, I had scratched out the Great Affairs stream in stereo. I don't blame I, you. I would have scratched that, that one out too. But, like, um, I got into him with the album before that, and I was like, oh, this is cool. But then I kind of grew tired of it, and I thought it was, like, a novelty thing. But then this album came out, and it had, like, a lot more, like... Is that the... What one is that? I don't even know. I think it was their third one. Third one? Because it had, uh, what is it, Pinnacle in the Pit. I've heard that name. I don't... And Cerise was, like, the radio. I remember that name. Song, but it sounded like this one had more balls and it had more like dynamics to it than just being like "Hail Satan" every song. It had like. See, I, I like their shtick. I think it's fun, and I think their sound is cool. But they just bore me. Like everything, every album of theirs that I've listened to, I'm lost. Like three songs in, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm forgetting that I'm even listening I've to never, something. I've never listened to a record, but I saw them open for Maiden on the, not this current tour, but the previous one a couple of years ago. It probably would have been tour for that. Like yeah, I went into it. I went into it knowing really not. I, I I always been told they sound like Blue Oyster Cult, but metal. Yeah, yeah that's what, what Paul like, or Pablo said. Yeah, I was like, that's a weird mm-hmm. thing to imagine. But I just didn't. I went into it completely blind, and uh, I I can be honest, man. I I fucking loved it. I couldn't understand a word he was saying. Yeah, and so some of the hooks were a little bit obscure, like vocally, mm-hmm. but. I, I ate it up, man. I thought this yeah. is cool as shit, man. I mean, I've never seen them live, but from what yeah. I've seen, the live show looks. It's really animated. Yeah, it looks fun. You know, they, they, it's know. very, you could, it's very obviously very, very rehearsed and stuff. But, and Maiden gave them a decent amount of production. They had a full stage and right. a show. Yeah. But they were, yeah, it was, it was catchy. I don't know what they were saying, right. but the melodies were there for sure. I, I was, so I was kind of shocked. I was like, this is not. You know, in my head, that's not what heavy metal blue oyster cult. Like. So <coughs> right. I've listened to some stuff, singles and stuff since then. It's always, you know, it's it's catchy. I, I honestly, man, I'm, I'm amazed that they've, that with the shtick factored in, they've lasted as long as they have. I, yeah, I thought it would kind of peter kind of, out. I thought like a novelty thing. Yeah, like, yeah. A, like the darkness or something. They still make great records, but I didn't think they'd still be. Which actually, yeah, their record this year was great. Yeah, it was. Ghost. Yeah, I think Ghost, like, the only record of theirs I've bought was the second one with uh, Year Zero. Yeah. Because I really like that song. When they put that on, I was like, that's a fucking cool song, so I bought the record. And it just sounded to me like the soundtrack for, like, a 1970s, like, 
satanic cultist type like a Robin horror movie. movie type thing. Like, yeah. and it, so it was cool yeah. for what it was, but to me it was like background noise. Like I couldn't sit and listen to it for the sake of listening to it and focusing on what I was listening to. If I was like, you know, well, I mean, cleaning so obviously the house they've, they've, as time has gone on, they've kind of figured out, you know, we're going to adapt this, this, and this. And yeah. I mean, when I say they, he is going to He adapt is obviously this, this, smart enough. Really, yeah. We'll make a left turn here, right <coughs> turn here as needed to. So it's really, if nothing else, man, it's a master class in business, band business management, man, that they've managed to get to there. I mean, dude, they're doing arenas and stuff, like headlining. Right. It's like, how the that happened and that's I would never first time I saw them I was like that, that just pictures of them I thought well that's gonna King Diamond it's way out of here <laughs> yeah six months and here uh, they are you know so, yeah cause I saw them on, on that with that year zero that album they opened up for uh it was Deftones and Avenged Sevenfold yeah. in Bloomington I remember and that. there was like really nobody there for Ghost so I pushed my way up pretty close to the stage and then once um they were done Everybody almost stampeded me to get up the front for Deftones. It was like nobody even knew who uh, Ghost was. I wanted was. to go, and I wanted to see Deftones, and I did want to see Ghost. I didn't go, but I don't remember why. Probably because Avenged Sevenfold was the headliner. Yeah, because that was kind of the thing. Concert on yeah, I stayed HBO. home to watch the Taylor Swift. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm not apologizing. <laughs> Can you, do you, I mean, I, I'm just curious, because I don't know any of these the answers to these are I wouldn't ask the questions, but does he write all that stuff or do they use producers and stuff? Is that like a really songwriter's pool thing? That... I'm not sure because everything says a uh, a ghoul um, writer. Okay. So then that was the thing. It's because they're all named they were school. all suing him for royalties and there's some guy, Martin, somebody, I don't know, some of them are Swedish names. I guess so he, he wrote... Max Martin doesn't write any of that stuff, does he? He wrote some stuff with know. this Tobias guy, but then... The other guys, that's when he was saying, well, you're just band members. I just hired you to play the right. parts. And they're trying to sue him for more because after Ghost took off. I just wondered if they were so used to those Scandinavian writer dudes that do yeah. the, you know, where yeah. they just crap out the pop hooks and stuff for those bands. I think Pablo knows more because he's had, yeah, he's Tobias has pretty, other bands that he's yeah. done too. But yeah, I think it's basically his kind of brainchild. Kind of like, I guess Dave Mustaine basically is Megadeth and yeah. Alice Cooper is like Alice Cooper. So, uh, <laughs> so I think I'm up, right? <laughs> so, Speed round. All right. So second to the last on my list, and I brought this guy. He's the only, the only one that's doubled up on from list to list here. But Sturgill Simpson, Sailor's Guide to Earth. I didn't want to when I was talking about the new record. I didn't want to go into this too much, but to me, this record's just like a. I don't know, man. It was like it was a really unique sounding record, you know. First time I heard it, I just didn't know what the fuck to think. First time I heard, I still don't. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> first time I heard his record before that. I, you know, I was really kind of lost because I, I thought he was a country artist. Is how first time Sturgill Simpson came on my radar. My brother had seen him at some fucking little club up in Milwaukee and mm-hmm. was like, "Hey, have you ever heard of Sturgill Simpson?" And I'm like. No, but I'll check him out. And this was before the m- fucking long-winded meta-modern. I can't oh, even yeah. think of the whole album title, which I, I really like. So I feel sounds for whatever the yeah. yeah. So I feel bad that I'm butchering it, but hey, look, I I don't know how much of this eggnog I've drank, but quite a bit. I know that this I know that this kids. I know that this brandy was full when we started. So <laughs> what brandy is that? Christian Brothers. <laughs> Christian Brothers brandy. Christian Brothers. 
We know a little in your we're all brothers, and we all know a little thing or two about being Christian. Not at all. So, anyhow, uh, back to my story. So my brother had first put them on the radar because my brother's more like into country music You're than, a Christian than I really am. My Christian brother. And uh, he is more of a practicing Christian than I am, for sure. But... So he had put him on the, my radar, but the first time, but I listened to him and he was just playing like, I think like he just was playing clubs, just acoustic by himself mm-hmm. and stuff at that point. And he had seen him and was like, Hey, you know, you've ever heard Sturgill Simpson. You really ought to check his stuff out. And I did. And I was kind of like, yeah, it was okay. But I think I just like watched a couple videos on YouTube or something. I didn't really give it, you know, and then I came across his record that meta modern sounds and country music whatever the fuck else whatever the long title is and i uh i just bought it on a whim like fuck and i was gonna buy it and i put it in and i just remember thinking like this ain't a fucking country right like what the fuck is this you know because it is a country record but it's like this spacey stoner thing going on that and at first i didn't know what to think but i think by the time sailor's guide to earth came out i was in the like I knew what to expect going into that one a little bit, you know what I mean? Even though it, again, was almost like a whole other curveball. It's hard to prepare yourself for that because it's such a, a jolt from what? Like, what the? Again, what was the board meeting like on that? I know, but you know what, dude? <laughs> you know? I think that that record, like. That's, like, that's I, some Kiss music from the Elder shit right yeah. there, man. But when I go back and listen to it now, I'm just like, I just. I appreciate it from the songwriting standpoint because it's you can tell it's a very personal record. It's about his son. His wife, their songs about just his family. Like he just dove into the shit that maybe a lot of us as a songwriter would feel too cool to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like you have that thing that keeps you from making yourself that vulnerable and that open to your audience. And I felt like with this record, he just said, fuck it. And he just wrote about everything that was really important to him that maybe. Yeah, a lot of people are too scared to write about, and then in the, at the same time he like started this whole like it's a weird like musical landscape. Like when you listen to that record, it's like a journey, and like a weird. You like that? I cover my list up. Don't look. <laughs> don't look at my list, Andy. <laughs> but goddamn spoiler king over here. I know, but I don't know, man. I'm like all of mine now. It's really a cool. It's just a cool record, man. I don't. It's not for everyone. And it's kind of one of those things where I don't want it to be for everyone. I don't know how you feel about that, but sometimes you ever just like listen to a record and you don't want everyone else to like it because you want to have like your thing. Yeah, because once, yeah. That, once those things kind of ascend to the general consciousness, man, the world just kind of takes it and does what it wants with yeah, it. Yeah, just collectively molest it sometimes. It and, yeah, and it's, and it's and it's also the all there's always the you know. Please don't overexpose this to where I fucking hate it because I, right. like you're saying, every hour on the hour I'm gonna have to hear this same fucking song. You know, if we could just maybe not candle in the wind this motherfucker, I'd, <laughs> right. I'd love it. You know, yeah. so yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. That and just that sometimes people, I don't. There's certain people in this world that I don't want to agree with them on stuff. I, if they like it, then I'm probably going to have to go back and re-examine why I right. like it. Like, well, and that's what was know. weird with his new record to me was when it came out, all these people were just like, oh man, you got to hear the new Sturgill Simpson. And I'm like, but I'm listening to it and I'm like, but why? Like, You know, at first, 
the new one didn't grab me, but now that it has, and it obviously made my, you know, it's one of my favorite records of this year because I made it a point. Because you drank the Kool-Aid, man. Cause, no, because... You drank the eggnog. But when yeah, I listen to it, and that's the thing about when I listen to uh, Sailor's Guide to Earth, like, even going back and revisiting it this week just to kind of, because I went through and listened to all this stuff to make sure, like, no, is this really, like, the, the one I'm going to put on my top five list, you know? Because I revisited, like a lot of records this last week to make sure that my list was what I wanted to put my fucking stamp on, right? Yeah. And I listened to it, and I'm just, like, blown away again. Like, how did he become kind of a household name, you know? Because, like, this record doesn't... Sailor's Guide to Earth doesn't sound like something that you would expect everybody and their brother to fucking fall in love with. They should, if they have half a brain. But, I mean, like... Well, that's the part people that listen to like Katy Perry and like fucking, you know. It's the thing is, it's weird about like a record like that, man. It's one, it's it is an oddball, man. It's especially on a. I mean, the only major label ish about it is that it sounds major, great, really well produced. But other than that, the cover art is out there. Everything about it is like you you can't tell shit from looking at it what it's going to sound like. It could be right. Kansas record from looking at the cover of it. Almost looks like a fucking Mastodon record. Yeah, too, exactly. It could be a metal record. On. But you listen, you know, we're so, this is not just uh, albums, but primarily films, but the same thing applies across the board. The world is like so, you know, rotten tomato dictated now that that first shitty Rolling Stone review comes out and then it trickles down and everybody feels like, oh, the guy from Rolling Stone says it sucks and then this guy says it sucks. I don't really generally give a shit what any of those right. things say, man, because it, it's all it's how it hits your ear kind of thing. That record could have gone a bunch of different ways, but I remember just hearing the first song and thinking, oh, oh, well, that's different. We're going to do this, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, shit, man. That, there was, well, it was like singing that, to his son, nobody, dude. I mean, unless you like were the whole... working on that record, there was no predicting that that was where... Because the first two albums are kind of similar in tone and stuff. That yeah, the, the I mean, it's the same thing. kind of songwriting. Yeah, and then yeah. this is like a whole other, other than his voice, it can be an entirely different yeah. dude. You know, right. so I don't honestly, man. It, but the whole even soul if it bombed, thing, it like the been, horns come in, yeah. like a f- couple songs in, and it goes into like this whole. The thing that I noticed going back and listening to it again, and uh, you know, it's not really one that I've like walked away from for that long of a period of time but I guess yeah. when you sit down to like make these lists like you go in and listen to everything with a different ear but I, I realized listening to this record this close to listening to Sound and Fury the new one I actually hear like all these things that ended up in the new record like oh he was already kind of doing it but it just wasn't that pronounced yeah you know I feel like the new album he took layers off I know it sounds heavier and stuff, yeah. like sonically. He heavier, does. He did strip it back like a lot. But I he took things out of it. Like there's a lot less. There's a lot more electronically going on in there. But like as far there's as like horns. actual straight instrumentation, yeah, that stuff's yeah. all been extracted. And now it's like, because that thing's really man. If you listen to the new album, it's really, it's kind of sparse. Like it in is. terms of like it's just a lot of. Distortion. Well, in the interview I heard with him, he Sounds talks like about some it. Or something. And they yeah, just were jamming in a studio. It is just the band. Yeah. It really is a unique. Like, I didn't realize until listening to it just a few days ago again 
cranking it on the turntable and sitting there listening to it, I was like, man, that's a really unique record. Like, there's not anyone that's made a record like that before. Well, that's not entirely true, man. <coughs> Peter Chris is 78 soul record <laughs> is essentially the template. <laughs> okay. For Sailor's Guide. I'm out. You guys can finish this podcast people, I know me. a lot of people have not drawn that parallel. <laughs> but if you really listen to, like, for instance, that's the kind of Sugar Papa like. <laughs> And you put that toe-to-toe with almost any track on a Sturgill Simpson release. I mean, he's clearly drawn a great deal of inspiration from Peter's arrangements. You win. <laughs> this is now officially your podcast. I couldn't say anything more clever. I mean, more, he, more full of shit. He essentially <laughs> lifted uh, I Can't Stop the Rain, note for note. Show's over. Well, Denny, uh, I don't know if... Are we going to get to number one? Okay, I you go ahead. You segue into your number one. Uh, well, I think we're going to have the same number one. As I imagine we are. Here. Uh, and this is just a hands-down... Nothing comes close. Um, that Travis Meadows was kind of, you know... It was, you know, scratching at the door maybe a little bit. I imagine if you're talking about the same one that I'm thinking you are, that's probably... Jason Isbell, Southeastern. Yeah. Which is the unequivocal uh, masterpiece of the pr- prior decade and uh, or the current decade, I guess. What we're still depending on when this airs. Although this, the decade's not really over till twenty twenty. Yeah, I actually yeah, have a new one. Oh. Really, technically, does it have to roll through or what is? Is it? your number one southeastern by chance? No. Ah, fuck, Andy, you shit the bed, buddy. <sighs> this could have been like a really special moment here where we all agreed on one thing, but well, I don't know. How the, I mean. There's nothing else I could put in this. In the we all agree on Christian possibly. Brothers Brandy, though, right? Yeah, we agree on yeah. that. Kills you. Well, I think the thing I struggled with with this list was, you know, that was my obvious first one that came to mind. Like you said, hands down, like I fucking think's a masterpiece. I, it's just I, I remember listening to that for the first time and just, goddamn, dude, talk about just knocking your dick in the dirt. By the third song, well, there didn't you remember need to they, be another they song. They previewed it with that "Traveling Alone" came out first. Right, like that was the like the lead, the not the lead single, but that was like the preview track thing that they were they floated. Right, uh, I remember hearing that, and I was already a fan. You know, I I, I kind of got into them on the record before that, and then went back and bought the other stuff. But um, I was like, wow, that's that's really great. But man, getting the record, putting it on, and Cover me up, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, well, you just quit now, man. Right. You got, got my money, and I'll I can just play this one over and over again. Yeah, for, and then the whole fucking record is that good. Yeah, uh, Elephant was like a tough one, man. Like that was the one, like, yeah, Cover Me Up, great opener. Probably didn't need to have anything after that, like you're saying. Then Traveling Alone, solid, like it's kind of like the pop song of the record." Yeah. And then Elephant comes on and it's like you're done with that song and you're like, fuck man, I feel like I need to like pause for a minute and yeah. go get a fucking drink. And you still feel I still feel that way years every time later. you hear it. Every time it's like the, the the it never for whatever reason it is just never the effect of that does not diminish over time. It's just that that is such a this just the statement he made with that record. One man, obviously it's look, this is as I'm you know, I'm sober thing right and i've heard stories man prior to that that he was ready to pack it in and just be a hired gun guitar player you know right. that he was looking that he wasn't even sure he's going to keep doing this i remember you telling me about that he was talking or justin about towns earlier yeah. or somebody I mean, yeah. you know so i mean it, thank god he didn't do it 
you know, and th- the gig was not his because, uh, man, that's a to not get that record. I feel, in certain <laughs> ways, I feel sorry for him because it's like, man, how do you, how do you top that, man? I mean, right. the, the, he, and he's made great records since. Obviously. Well, I was gonna say my but, one point that I was gonna make was that. I had a hard time not putting something more than free on my top five too. Yeah, the fact that El- the fact that uh, Southeastern was like my obvious number one choice, I just told myself right out the gate like I can't put another Isabel record on this list. I can't yeah. just keep repeating myself. You know, but you know what though, the same thing pound for pound though. You take you know Speed Trap Town right. off of that record. Uh, that's worth the price of admission. The, yeah. the, the, when you can write, children of children, well, yeah, you can write one song that's good enough to, right? You know, I'd pay full album pop for this repeatedly. Just, I mean, that I don't know, man. That's that, there's not many artists that I, you know, I get that from. So that album is just like a, you know, to get one gut punch out of out of a record is something yeah. to say. You know, that that's a high watermark as it is but when it's just like constantly have to come up for air because like god damn man this is it hurts to listen to this but it's the you know best right. possible kind of hurts like i'm gonna i'm gonna dive back in man. we're gonna go do round two this thing and still feel that way about it man. that's just i can't think of very many that the justin curry album man i kind of get that same vibe from it but it's so much more it's you know obviously it's personal but it's not the same you know, it's a different kind of heartbreak, and it's right. really sent. It's focused on one thing. The Isbell record covers so many yeah. bases. Like some of it's obviously storytelling. He's there. These are things just he completely made up. Right. But some of it's like, man, that's obvious. you live that, dude. Like this, this is, you know, like songs that she sang in the shower. Always yeah. is, is like, man, you could tell that that's like, that's like the night before yeah. he woke up and decided I'm done drinking. Yep. You know. It's tough to beat. It's a crazy... Tough, tough to beat. I mean, that, and it raises the bar so high, not just for him, but for everybody that no, comes everyone. after him. To yeah. like, Shit, man. I remember listening to that record the first time, and when it was done, I thought, I don't know why the fuck I would write another, yeah. another song in my life. <laughs> like, this guy just, you know, I, I truly believe that decades from now, people are going to be like, yeah, there was Dylan, Tom Petty, Bruce Springsteen, and Jason Isbell. Yeah. I think that it's just going to be like... It's you also know. the kind of record too that you're if you're listening to it, if you like you have a CD in or something, and it just keeps you don't even mind that it just right. starts over again. It just breaks it just your fucking like, heart. Like, I've been driving for three hours, so it's like, oh, oh, oh we're still listening to this. Yeah, okay. That not phase like guys, fucking please turn this off. I don't, you know, there's not many records I can listen to that many times and just no. I remember we were playing in Cincinnati, and it was this was not long after he had left the truckers and he was playing we were playing this place um i can't remember the name of the place main main mainstay or something like that it's not there anymore but anyway we rolled up and i was familiar with the truckers but i just knew them as a band right i didn't know patterson's name i didn't i just knew the, the band so i wasn't familiar with how important he was to it or anything i just knew they had multiple songwriters the week before the show and our bass player matt who was a little more versed in that stuff. Was like, oh man, she said Jason Isbell was playing a free show downtown, like right up the road. They had like parts of the street blocked off. And I said, hmm, what, I don't, whatever, is that going to affect us? You know, I didn't think we were going to draw that well anyways. It didn't really matter, but he's like, he's like, well, I, 
I just maybe we can get down there and see it. And he made some comment about maybe go down there and see it before we. I was like, yeah, whatever, man. I don't care. So it was like a solid two years after that, because to me he was he wasn't even on my radar. Right. And then I remember realizing that was the same dude that we could just walk two blocks down, turn right, and see it for free. There was probably a couple hundred people there or something for a free outdoor thing. And I just blew it off like it was nothing. Now it's like, oh, shit. You know, totally missed out on this thing. Two records were out before I even discovered the guy. And, and uh-huh. I think those records are, you know, maybe not quite to the degree of brilliance, but it's... No, I mean... If you could do that in a compromised state to where you're, you know, having trouble standing up and all And you're day still long, writing that shit? Yeah, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I don't want to claim to be like the fan that you guys are, but I think it's kind of cool. I don't know if you were about to say this, but it's cool. Like, after that record came out, it was like 2013, and you're like, hey, I'm going to go see the Jason Isbell at the castle. He should come. And it was me, you, and Courtney, and it was like, like, it wasn't. Um, well, it wasn't even half full. It wasn't even totally sold out like or we something. We were standing from here to that wall over yeah. there to but fucking then, Jason the whole show. Like, um, like eight months later, it was like June. He came and, back. Yeah, and that show sold out. Yeah. And then... Well, no, because we saw him twice on the he, southeastern leg. Yeah, and we saw after him that, twice. Before but Something More Than Free came out. Time, yeah. And it sold out before you guys even get tickets. Because yeah, I, so I was I the only even, one that got a yeah. ticket. Yeah, I didn't even go. And it well, was he weird. Was, dude, he was doing shows. There's a venue we play in Columbus, Georgia. Um, again, not far from your brother's place. And uh, <clears throat> the the guy that was the booking agent there, he's, he's a Nashville guy now, but at the time, he was the booking agent for this venue in Columbus. That's how we met him. And he, uh, I remember him talking. This is right when Southeastern was, had just come out or was just on, maybe it'd been about a month or something. And he had talked to him, and at one point, he had, this was the price to get him and they weren't even I don't even know if they were expected to be full this is not a very big venue right and uh and then like within a couple months we had just gone <coughs> yeah to where it's like I can't we can't make our money back on that and here we can't we can't pay it so I mean it, good for him man cause yeah. it, there, uh, there's no more deserving in my estimation like you said there's people that are gonna be on the you know Mount Rushmore of songwriters man that if if he ain't one of them then you know Right. Somebody's not paying attention to the shit they should be paying attention to, but yeah, and he, he'd probably give you a different if he had his list of the oh yeah, I mean, there, you know, he have John Prine on Pry- there, yeah, and, obviously, you know, and he, that's he, one that other people too. He but, has his heroes, you know. Yeah, but yeah, I, mean, I, I think as far as contemporary dudes that are doing that at that level, I don't think there's anybody right now. No, I don't think there's anybody that's touching him, man. You know, you're not gonna hear <laughs> argument out of me. We actually don't even have to talk about what my next pick was because it was the same one. So, and Andy's gonna. The only thing left is for Andy, Andy to, to come out, yeah. come in and ruin it. So yeah, I know because we that was such a high note that I yeah. like the pressure is totally. I feel like we should have backtracked. Should let me go first, and then you guys can go. Okay, so Andy would like me to read his last submission, and it is the 2019 release from Chris Daughtry. <laughs> he had one. Oh, he had one. Oh. Andy got all excited. Wait, I missed that. All right, what is it, Andy? You got to say it, man. Well, we already kind of know where I was going at because I said I had her on my list. It's 1989. No, it's red. 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 I'll give you that is one. That Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Uh, Taylor Swift. That's your number red. one for the decade. I didn't. You're not in order. 
I didn't number these. Gotcha. So all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna help I think you out this here. This is the one that I put in. What in was place the What are the hits on that album? So I, uh, the hit was terrible. The main hit was. Yeah, I don't even what remember what it? the hits were. Right? It was that we're never getting back together. Uh, song. That sounds catchy as shit. It is, it's, but it's I terrible. It, but it's um, really catchy. My but kids like it. Yeah. Dude, I'm gonna tell you this right now, just to make you feel is that better. The never, ever, ever, ever. Yeah, ever. yeah, I know yeah, that sounds catchy. I actually almost put that on my list. Oh yeah. I'm not gonna lie, that was another contender, but. Up See, there with the Ryan like, Adams one because, dude, go ahead. I'm sorry, it's your oh. it's your pick, and I'm sitting here trying to interrupt. But I really do love that record, yeah. and I listened to it probably three times this week, just trying to decide like, do I squeeze it in there? Do I kick this one off? Huh. Because it I'm, does have. I am truly shocked, dude. All too well is one of the. That's a fucking amazing song. Hmm. So you so go like I didn't totally shit the bed here. No, right? I don't think okay. you shit the bed. I think that that record, aside from. That we're never getting back yeah. together song and uh, 22 is kind of cheesy. I can tolerate that more than that one, but that's another one that's kind of yeah. Because see, if I'm gonna put see, my that's opinion, there's those pop songs which kind of shows the direction she was gonna go with 1989, but then the rest of it's kind of like almost like a rock album. But I don't think that 1989 sounds anything like those shitty pop songs. Uh, this is what I think about Taylor Swift when it comes to like the shitty pop songs. I think she's smart enough to where she has this plan for longevity, okay? I think that she has the bulk of her records, aside from these last couple I haven't been a fan of, but Red in 1989, there's a lot of really good songs, like really, really fucking good songs. That's a solid plan. Listen, <laughs> but she has... <laughs> what an innovator. But no, but she has, she has like these generic like... The 22 song. But she knows what's going to sell never, albums with She knows what's going to sell records, yeah, right? <clears throat> but stuff. she also has all these really good like songwriter songs where when she's too old to shake her ass and fucking perform Shake It Off live in some skimpy little outfit, when she has to like retire to the acoustic guitar and just drum and fucking sing, she's mm. going to have a really big catalog of great fucking songs for, you know, an older crowd when she's older. I really believe that this is... I believe she's smart enough to where she has planned this out. So... Oh, that kind of goes along with what I said, maybe in a certain way, like, Jimmy Eat World stuff matured with their audience, but she's kind of building in her own stuff to fall back on when her audience matures? Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think she's that... I mean, look, she's got to be brilliant. Well, I mean, probably need to give some credit to... I don't know who these people are, but... Whoever's... Her management... Right. And Whoever's writing with her. Decisions. I uh, assume she doesn't solely write all of her stuff herself. That's not true. Uh, I know that people <laughs> don't want to believe that? that, but I know people always want to believe, like, oh, Taylor writes all of her songs herself. It's like, ah, yeah, yeah. She cleans I her own apartment, too, I'm sure. Don't think so. Does her own dishes. But I think there's a certain brilliance there, and I think that, you know. She I, does laundry for everybody on her floor in her condo. Is that what she does? Condo. I'm going to move into her condo. <laughs> I hate laundry. God. Uh, but no, but like, I agree with you on this because it was yeah. a great record. Um, why I chose it was I was saying some of the stuff that this decade, my taste kind of changed, and there's stuff that like I might not listen to otherwise. It was like that song, like, We Are Never, Ever, Ever Getting Back Together. Like, yeah, it's like nothing I would have ever listened to, but Jimmy Eat World covered it, and I think they did it live, so I was like, oh, they're doing a Taylor Swift song? And then Ryan Adams, who I kind of got into because you guys, he covered Taylor Swift, so I was like, Maybe there's more to it 
than just this pop radio well, bullshit. I will so. say this much on that token, and this is just to help you out as a friend. And um, maybe don't do stuff because Ryan Adams does it yeah. for a while. Oh, no. okay. Because he's not really one. <laughs> yeah. To, oh yeah. He's not allegedly, he's not one to really set your. <laughs> There's been no charges filed that I know of yet. And but he's also like falling off the face of something the earth. Something happened. He though. tried to come back. He came back on Twitter for a while. Yeah, he did. He tried to apologize. Well, people just spent the whole time railing. Yeah. Not everybody, but a lot of people. His were like, apologies were pretty half-assed. They weren't know. apologies at all. They weren't. Yeah. yeah. State of Grace, great opening track. Yeah, because see, when we were talking about uh, Taylor Swift's album um, Lover, I think we were talking about Red. In 1989, kind of that stuff. Well, after that podcast, I almost had a hard time kind of getting into some of the stuff for the next episode because I put uh, Red on in my car, and like the whole back half of the album, I almost forgot about. Like, it's got some good stuff, uh, like the, the Lucky Ed Sheeran one song and stuff, or something. There's yeah, the, the Lucky, Lucky one. ones, yeah. And then there's another duet she did. You guys didn't have any Ed Sheeran on your list? Wow. Well, that's, be- that's because. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Every song was about some girl cheating on him. It's like, dude, at some point, even being like the fragile songwriter type, well, you got to man the fuck up. Fucking, how about a sit-up and some conditioner? Yeah, yeah. Maybe knock some of that. Exactly. Just you know? get a little bit more in shape. You got money and shit, I mean. Yeah, get a personal trainer. Just saying. Go fuck her fucking best friend. Have, Videotape it, mail her I'm the here fucking at VHS. I'm here at Walmart. What's your address? I'm going to send you one of yeah, these I said VHS. <laughs> and yeah, I said VHS. In fact, buy, buy the bitch a VCR with the fucking VHS tape in it with instructions how to hook it up. That's what you do. Or, I guess this day and age, you just text her the fucking video. But, anyhow. Yeah. You heard it here. Ed Sheeran. Just fuck her best friend and send her the video. Are we done? That seems like... I don't know. You got into that some seems kind of like counseling a... thing here. You <laughs> took over the motivational speaking at the end. You're yeah. helping Ed Sheeran. Yeah. You know? Well... The kind of stuff Danny Smith can't do, no matter how many basketball coaching seminars he does. <laughs> it seems like this is probably a good point to end it. We've got through the records, and we've lectured Ed Sheeran on Three how to... Three hours later. We are pretty long into this, but it, it was yeah. a good time. So, Denny Smith, thank you. All you motherfuckers listening, album. go buy, buy From the, the Dark. Not, buy that other Denny Smith's new album. <laughs> yeah, buy From the Dark. It's fantastic. And if you have an extra couple bucks, buy the motivational uh, speaking on how to fuck your girlfriend, <laughs> ex-girlfriend's best friend and send Friends her the video. Friendstorson.com You should have told me I'm not the only man to love you twice But since I know